I mean, so what 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 happened? Well, this is on me. Yeah, well, you know, correct. So I'll take the blame. Yeah, that's the way that works. I acknowledge my mistake. What the 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 mute was on on the overall laptop. Right. And and you just didn't think to check that. You know, that's never happened really. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. It's never been the case. Okay. Now that doesn't excuse no, it does that not. it happened. And I will fall on this sword because you don't deserve to, Glenn. Uh, no, I didn't. There's literally nothing that I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not that I don't deserve yeah, to. Correct. It's that I did nothing wrong. Well, let's not say nothing. I, not in this case. Not <laughs> in this instance. Hi, this is <laughs> this is weird. It was a silent intro. Oh, yeah, I bet it was. It was actually a good, performance art. Good morning. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How's it's Glenn Clark doing? Radio from the Chesapeake Employers. Save that one for tomorrow. I don't know what just happened there, but it's uh it ain't it ain't a great start, I'll say that much. <laughs> um hi, right, right. Uh, it's the show. It's showtime. We, we do it. We do the show now. I, I missed my part. So, Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Today's program brought to you by Window Nation, where they have an amazing offer for you. 50% off all style windows. All of them. Every single one. Plus, no money down, no payments, and no interest for 24 months. Two full years. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. I usually use like the time right. That, yeah, you use that, that time that I that speak for, for like, things, stuff and to things. To like, if you, you know, we we have to share the video <laughs> out on Facebook, Correct. and so that buys me a little bit of a buffer. Yeah, Michael in Buffer. order to update the video the way I'm supposed to. Totally now, understand. Yeah, didn't so, happen this morning. So this is. Uh, it was a rude awakening. This ain't great. I'm just being honest with you. This what can is I not do to help? Great. Oh, I don't think anything. I think <laughs> I think that time has come and gone. Just tell me what I can do, Coach. Yeah. So, hi. <laughs> hi. How y'all doing? Everything is just dandy here. Glad Jeremy Kahn told me to bet an under. That's smart. In the in the NBA. Because <laughs> if there's ever a sport we know, <laughs> that's on me. It's on me for not stepping in. And, and it was a pretty small number. Saying, Jeremy. It was it, One team had to score 120 I points know. for it to and be And they a, did. And one team scored 120 <laughs> points. The other team scored 109. It wasn't that he was that far off. It was barely over the un- the the number, but it was over. Hey, hi, hi, hi! Good to good to see you. What are you guys up to? You guys want to do the show for me today? Eh, I lost a little bit of money. That's all right. I had won some money the previous. Yeah, couple you're of still weeks. up for the past two weeks, right? For the, for the past three weeks as a whole, I'm up. Well, that's I'm, all. What's, that's I'm all up. we worry about, right? Means you know that means you don't go back I start, the time before. Means that. I start getting froggy and yeah. I start betting myself. It's on the house that's right now. The way that it goes. Um, coming up on today's program, we're going to catch up with former Falcons quarterback DJ Shockley. He's now with um, – he does a bunch of different things. He's with the SEC Network, but he also um, still does some media down in Atlanta with the Believe Podcast Network. Um, and he thinks that the Ravens are the fit for Julio Jones. So we will check in with him. Stan the Fan is going to join us a little bit later on. Chief Grand Poobah here at Press Box. I want to talk this morning. I want to spend some time. I was alarmed by some of the responses last night as the Orioles uh, suffered another, you know, meltdown, whatever you want to call it. it they a game, lost, yeah. It was a game they weren't in, and then suddenly they, they were after the 
rain delay ended and DJ Stewart hit a long home run and you thought maybe maybe they're going to go get a win and then they gave it right back and gave not it, as long as the other home back. run hit by the other chap on the Twins. Well, that dude, that dude hit a ball <laughs> in the center field. But I haven't I, seen many balls hit further than that. No doubt. Um, so it's what it is. I didn't react to it in any sort of way because why would you? But a lot of people did, and we're going to talk more about that. I want to talk to Stan about that. I, 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 I this notion that it's somehow worse than expected, I don't get, or that it's, it's particularly disappointed. Well, I think Hasn't the beginning it? of the season sure. obviously was. I mean, they're now the worst team in baseball, which right. is but that's, that's what not they a bad were thing. Be. It's what that was the best case scenario for what they were going to be, right? Well, like, I think I understand the argument that like everything breaks you're, one you're way. You're speaking and to something else. You're when you say it's the best case scenario. It's acknowledging that's not the best case. Scenario. I understand. I understand, but. How rare and how unlikely would it be for a why not season kind of thing to happen, right? Something defying all odds where the ragtag group of guys that nobody thought were going to do anything came together and made a playoff push and somehow qualified and were a wild card team. I don't know how long those odds are, but they're so long that this is the best case scenario. Right, but it's not. Like that's I, I, I don't know what you're so saying. Your you're, argument you're having is... a different conversation, which is more practical, and I get that. But this is not the best case scenario. I understand. That's a that's a like, that's you're, a superlative. Saying... It's a it's a it's you're I'm, I'm you're, it's hyperbole. You're, I understand. What you're saying is this team was never gonna be any good, so if you're not gonna be any good, you should Might wanna be, the be worst. you wanna be right. bad. And yes, I get that, but that's not best case scenario. It's I get it because it the reality of the circumstances. Consists of players who are and I get not not many of them are players who you have put a star next to and said is, that their performance that, would we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. We'll get back to that in a second. It's part of the conversation I wanna have. We'll get back to that in a second. It's bad. It's really bad. But it was always going to be bad. And that's the that's why I'm confused by the reaction to it. Last night, um the the Be More Birds Nest or, or who the who are those guys? The 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 Utah Street Report guys. Those guys are they're talking about firing Brandon Hyde. <laughs> like what I don't like, I don't know what's happened here. Um there were uh, my buddy Paul Valley from the bat around was like this they they shouldn't be this bad. I'm like, why shouldn't they? Right. Like, why? What reason like, what, would what you have the, to expect them to not from a be baseball this bad? standpoint? From purely baseball standpoint, Look, why I think would they I be any better than this? I understand that you can be. I'm disappointed that Tanner Scott. That's the isn't isn't better. Isn't doesn't have command yet. Right, like you would think that for all the years we've been talking about this up-and-coming, flame-throwing I, lefty, I, that at some point he would have maybe gotten command. I wrote about Tanner Scott last night. You want to say you're disappointed in Tanner Scott? And by the way, my question today at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, I, I'm trying to be as specific as I possibly can in having this conversation. My question today, other than the losing, which was going to be, it's baked into this, what are you actually disappointed by? And I said something last night. I said, yes, Tanner Scott is disappointing. But we're talking about a relief arm. Sure. But it's a, in, the, in, the, in the perfect you know, pie-in-the-sky scenario for the Orioles where this rebuild was taking place, Tanner Scott was turning into a useful piece, whether it was on the trade market or for your own bullpen. I mean, maybe. It's like, just I mean, on paper a uh, lefty with that type of, I, I get it, you know, with that velocity. Right. With the velocity And he very well still could be and, a and, very good reliever at some point and, in his career and, for another team. Well, or even for this team. Maybe. I mean, like, this is the... I, Tanner Scott... What did your son, what would your it, son say? What? He took the hat off. Oh, that's true. He won't be well, happy about that at all. <laughs> 
Tanner Scott has been disappointing. There's no doubt about it. But Tanner Scott is not a central piece of, of this. Tanner Scott was a, well, hey, he you never know. Like he could be a late-inning reliever type. Ma- maybe right. he could be a guy that could be helpful in some capacity. And maybe he still could. It's not right now, clearly, but maybe he still could. It won't be in time for it to be at the trade deadline this sure. year. Tanner Scott is not going to be someone you're going to be able to turn around and get Anything something of value it. for. But that doesn't mean he might not be years by, have left? by next Two, year. Two, three. Yeah, I mean, he's probably got time. Three. And in the best case scenario of him helping you, we're still talking about a relief arm. And in baseball, we're smart enough to know that relief arms are a, are a three to five year at most proposition. Yes, a Mariano. We could we could probably. By the way, that's I don't know if you know that was over a decade ago. Well, and like, what are we going to throw out outliers? I mean, he's not an out. It's he's an outlier. Even in then he was, but still that was a decade look, Taylor ago. Taylor Scott, we always thought he's the next Mariana. We always said it. No, no one ever said that. That's not a thing. That's not a, You've made that up in your mind. The, the, I, I get being disappointed in Tanner Scott, but the disappointment has got to be minimal. You can't overstate. Well, understanding that if he were somehow the best relief arm in baseball, it would only... Like it would be great because oh, it would give yeah. the Orioles another trade ship, right? Sure. And that would be swell. I and mean, if he was the best, it would be helpful. But it would no likely. Yes, there was still a limit to that. Yeah. Like it's not the same as having right. the best only... shortstop prospect or the best sure. shortstop in baseball. They're not similar. Um, a couple of people have already brought up their disappointment. Steve says, "Not much is a surprise to me. Still a couple of years from fielding a competitive team. Most disappointed in Mountcastle's performance so far. He appears to be." Totally guessing at the plate. Why any right-handed pitcher throws him anything but sliders out of the zone is a mystery. He certainly has an issue against righties right now. Like, that's not – it's not nothing. His not splits nothing. are pretty drastic and yep. not in the good way for a guy who would be a – like, a, sure, a useful platoon guy against lefties is not going to be worth anything. And I can certainly see being disappointed – Disappointment in Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah, granted, I can certainly see that. You can describe like anything as a small sample size. Still, it is. It's still only two months into the season, but it's getting right, to the point now can, where this is a little bit of a sustained sample. And you can story. say that he's hit fairly well for the last couple of weeks, sure. right? Like that if that if the last couple of weeks are a sign of what's to come for Ryan Mount, Mountcastle. I do think a lot of it was against lefties. I think like his and and that's I, I get if you want to say specifically what I'm right. disappointed in is Ryan Mountcastle against righties. Okay, fine. I, guess I don't know if you heard. Yeah, Most they, you are face a lot of right hands. Yeah. I'm very aware of that. I get it. I get. I understand your disappointment. Um, I, I still can't overreact to it for two reasons. One, because it's a small sample size. There's lots of time. The, he, the notion his previous. I don't know how was it. How many games was it? Thirty last year he played. Mm-hmm. That about like, mm-hmm. which is a smaller sample size, but it's a. Smaller sample size or half of this sample size, essentially, of success, right? Like, it's not as if this has only been the case where he's been unproductive yeah, but against it's easy, righties. But it's easier to say. Uh, no, you know is that what? always the case? It's always been the case. He was horrible against righties last year. I mean, lefties they faced last year. I guess year. they just faced nothing but lefties. Last year against righties, he hit 188. Well, that's not great. With Davis four, would take that, With though. 42 strikeouts. Davis and would take that. Th- yeah, he would. 42 strike. I did not realize it was that bad last Look, year. Look, that's a concern. Oh, you know what? No, sorry. Uh, they didn't change. MLB.com. Thank you for you nothing. You scared me. What happened? No, they didn't change. The- when I asked them for splits for last year, they gave me this year's Oof. splits. Okay. 
What was last year? year splits. Last year. Make me feel better. My God. Last year he was great against All right. Games. All right. Yeah, he was 354. Well, now Jesus. we're now we're cooking with grease. Yeah, so it's, that is weird. There's no doubt. So that's, weird. that's hope that it's an aberration, right? Like yes, that's hope you, that you, this you is that, an adjustment sure. somewhere that will get him back to at least average, right? Like if he's a 250 hitter against righties, he's a useful player. Yeah, and I can't get last two week splits against righty or lefty. I, I think don't. you can. Uh, not, I'll get. It. Not I'll here. track it. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be somewhere else that I have. And to And I can do it. I got that. technology. Well, you can go to Baseball Reference. That's where I go. Yes, correct. You can do that. That's quite fine, and I'd appreciate that. Um, so yeah, if you're disappointed in Ryan Mountcastle, I sure. I mean, like, sure. I understand that to some extent. Um, I'm not overreacting to the small sample size, and the trend would say that it's better than that. And the other part of it too is that. This still, Ryan Mountcastle was the first, maybe, right? Ryan Mountcastle was the first guy that, frankly, really did have a chance. But he was still not really a make or break for whether this was going to work. We still had to do some squinting with Ryan Mountcastle because he didn't have a position. Um, We still had to do a, we think the bat will play, and so... We're going to choose to be excited about it, but it was never really based in reality that he was this type of guy that was going to make or break whether or not any of this worked for the Orioles. So even that I struggle with overreacting to. Um, from our buddy Luke Jackson here at Pressbox says, Dean Kramer's who he's disappointed in. And I'm disappointed in him as well. I'm not. I, I just didn't have any thought that Dean Kramer was part of the solution here. I had reason to hope that he was going to be a, 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 at least a back-end rotation guy. Like, he was, his statistics were so impressive in the minors as far as, like, strikeouts per nine in general. He was... He was he led the minors in strikeouts that year. It's and fine. That doesn't seem like something you would fluke into. Now I think it can be. I think in he's the minors. really I think he's really lost command of his fastball. I think that this season it's been alarming. I don't think you can put up the numbers that he had in the minor leagues off of only a curveball. It's gotta. There's something else there. I really do. think. Well, there might be. I but you don't know that. You're just sort of hypothesizing. Well, I do know he has had no command I, this year. I understand that. I understand that. How much of that is meant? I don't know. But I never thought Dean Kramer was never a part of this to me. Dean Kramer was a guy that you were taking a chance on, and who knows, maybe could help. But I had never at any point penciled Dean Kramer into a future Baltimore Orioles rotation that was competitive and good. He was, to me, a placeholder until then. He was a guy that you can let pitch, and, and who knows? Maybe you'll find out there's, there's, there's gold in them hills. You know? Who knows? But he was not someone that I was counting on in this scenario. So has he been disappointed? Counting on is different than... But I can't be real di- hope for. I can't be disappointed in someone I'm not counting on. I can't be disappointed in something that to me is still essentially a lottery ticket. It's like making a bet on an under last night. I can't really be disappointed by that. If I was banking on winning that money, I got a bigger problem. I'm doing it to do it. It's it's fun to play along with Jeremy Kahn, whose picks are available every day at PressBoxOnline.com. So you just want to do hood rat stuff with your friends? Something? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's all I want to do. Smoke cigarette? Yeah, correct. So, well, maybe not. And do video games? Yeah, I do like that. Well, not anymore. <laughs> um, th- this is... I, I, I can't be. And I get it. Like, I, 
it would be neat if a couple of these things turned out. Cedric Mullins kind of a lottery ticket that appears to be working out in some capacity. But I just don't, I don't have, I, I did not come into this season believing anyone other than John Means was a starting pitcher that mattered. And even that was in context, right? Because I still don't know that I believe that John Means is part of this when it all comes together, but he's a significant part of what you could still sure. get in order to make it all come together. I just didn't feel that way about either Bruce Zimmerman or Dean Kramer. They were guys. Well, D- Kramer I had more for than Zimmerman. I mean, I, I mean, Kramer was a guy that I thought, like at every level, he was a pretty dominant starter in the minors. And I understand that that was a bit dissonant with like the prospect rankings and the, scouts the scouting never, the sort scouts of reports. Never the curveball was always it was always a very it was a, it was the best curveball in the system. I mean, I think DL Hall actually does, but it was a very well yeah, thought of pitch. Now, again, I keep coming back to the numbers he put up in the minors. I understand, like. It's the minors. These hitters are far worse than major league hitters. So, I, I, in, th- I still don't think. I still don't think with him touching at best ninety six, he's just blowing by hitters without fastball command. I mean, it's look. I understand. I don't know. I understand this is nothing other than speculation, and but it just seems like I, this has been like a particularly. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I just don't know something. He's got to figure that out, and I don't think it's. I'm always going to fall back on the scouts and what the scouts. He pitched say in well situations. last year at times, right? Like he had some good yeah, starts in in his. He had a couple. He had an okay start the right before he got sent down. Frankly, well, fastball come in, you can find it when you don't have it for a day, maybe. I, but like, it's a bigger issue. It's clearly from uh, from Brandon. Um, it's uh, Brandon says the fact that uh, what I'm disappointed in is the fact they keep lapsing in their fundamentals game after game. That's not a talent issue; it's a coaching issue, and makes me very skeptical of Hyde, regardless of the front office plan. I I, I, mean, I can understand that in a Buck Showalter sense. You I don't. Know? Like, I don't know, man. But I, I don't think they're going to be. It's not like they're going to do the, the set up the guillotine and say like, okay, you make an error, you're gone, right? Like this is these are the guys they have. No, but I mean, like I, who, Stevie Wilkerson is playing second base. Sure. At least they have a shortstop. <laughs> yeah, at least they have a shortstop. Um, they sent Cedric Mullins last night. He gets hosed at the plate. I, I still think it was the right decision to be aggressive there and to force the Twins to make a great play. And you can make an argument that the catcher was blocking the plate in that situation. And I get it. They're never going to, even on replay, they're not going to overturn that because Mullins was out by so much that you're gifting someone a run and it, it almost becomes... sure. You know, comical. But if you want to say he was blocking the plate before he had the ball, I think you'd be right. I think that his foot was blocking the plate before he had the ball. Um, now, I, maybe that somebody would say there's more def- there's more definition to that rule, and the runner's got to be within a certain amount of space for it to match. You know, like I don't know, I don't know. But it definitely appeared as though the the plate was being blocked before he had the ball. And by my understanding of the letter of the law, that could have been called. I j- I'm not angry that it wasn't. Because it would be a gift, you know. Cedric Mullins was out by a significant amount, but I get it. You, you're not a very good team. You want to be aggressive. They were trying to be aggressive early and steal some bases. Score, yeah. And I, I, I'm on, I'm on board with that. I don't know that that's a, a bad. Yeah, you know, it's decision. sort of one of those things where it's like I'd have to see. Like, it's worth, it's worth. Bobby Dickerson had enough 
times where yeah, you called happened. runners. Right. Yeah, it happened. Where it you happened. were like, okay, this is now a pattern. Like so, like the other day when the when the the, the pop up in front of the plate is dropped. That's a tough play to make in the sun. Like I'm not. I, I, I guess Would I Adley mean, Rutschman have made it? I don't know. Maybe. He Probably. does everything. I don't know. You'd have to be a bit more specific to me about what the fundamental issues are that you're talking about. I'm sure if you remind me of him, I'll say, oh, yeah, I was. I did get caught off guard by that. But to just say this is only on the manager and not on the players, I don't agree with that either. I think that's oftentimes an example of young players that instead of being used to the circumstances and exactly what they're supposed to do in those circumstances are falling back on instinct because they're trying to do something to prove that they belong. I don't think it's as simple as this is just proof that the manager doesn't know what he's doing or that he's not getting through to them. I think oftentimes, even when you have a manager that is teaching and doing the right thing, when you're talking about young, inexperienced players, they can still make mistakes on their own. I cannot judge Brandon Hyde. Do I think Brandon Hyde's a great manager? No. How would I possibly think that? What evidence would I have to back that up? Do I think he's a uh, a likable guy? Absolutely. I think mm-hmm. he's a likable, uh, good guy. I've enjoyed conversation with him. Um, Much rather him be the guy doing this than some sort of just... Than Tony Larusa, yeah. yeah, I'd rather it be him than Tony Larusa yeah. if I know the team's not going to be any good. Do I think that Brandon Hyde is earning the right to be the manager when this comes together? No. Not at the moment. Right. Not I, at the I, moment. I don't but, know how to judge that either. Right? right. Like until they have good players, it's hard to really criticize him too much. You know, he's not going to like not Angels in the outfield. I don't think Brandon Hyde's going to be bringing in anybody to really turn things in their favor in a mythical sense. The players are the players. So. Um, a lot of t- Tanner Scott in response to this, and I get that. I just, I, I, as I said last night, it's it's How measured for me. You, right. Dylan um, uh, says Tanner Scott. He uh, Dylan Atkinson says he tweaked his mechanics and took a huge step in the right direction in 2020. He looked poised for a big 2021, but you could argue this is the worst we've ever seen from him. 17 walks and 18 and third innings pitched. Yeah, I mean, it's I, a bit too many. Yeah, it's not. That's not going to work. Right. There's no doubt. That's not going to work. And yes, I, I am. I'm fine with the answer being somebody else brought up uh, Tanner Scott. Um, Trey, Tanner Scott, he was supposed to be the close of the future, but he doesn't even look like a major league reliever right now. I, 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 oh, it's not, that's not true. I see. That's Ethan. Ethan changed his Twitter name to Trey Vaccini, and I didn't catch it at first. Clever, Ethan. Cl- clever. Look, I get it. I get the answer being Tanner Scott. I'm just, there's only so much disappointment that I can feel about a relief arm. I, I know that we all are mesmerized by a guy that can throw the ball as hard as Tanner Scott can throw the ball. I understand why that makes us pay a little bit more attention than we would pay to, say, a Paul Fry or a Travis Lakins or insert name here. When somebody when, when you can hit triple digits with a radar gun, you get put into a different well, echelon. lefty is different. It's and even yes, more, sure, right. 100%. 100%. All of that gets you put into a different prism, a different echelon than other people are. But I, it's hard for me to get too worked up about Tanner Scott. This is not... It's just, it's, it's, you know that it's, and it is still just close, right? Like, if Tanner Scott, if a flip switches... Oh, I, a flip switch switches, flipping, yes, I don't yes, know. yeah, you exactly right. No, no, you were right the first time, a flip switches. Let's say that happens. Yes. And like he was going to do a front flip, and then switches. in the middle of it, he yeah. said, no, I'd rather do a back flip. Because he's an athlete. Simone Biles did that the other night, Maybe right? the mustache is the problem. But that ultimately, the say June 15th rolls around and 
tweaks one thing, and for the next two months or month and a half, when's the trade deadline now? August? Uh, no, the trade deadline's July back. They started the season. 31st? Right. Yeah, they started the season at the normal time. So, so trade July deadline. 31st? Yes. So then he has a month plus of dominant performance. I think relieving is maybe it needs to be a little more than that, like two I months. Mean, I, but you, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, if this could still, in, a, in, a, in an instant, Turn to Tanner Scott being a dominant reliever, it, right? Like his it, stuff it, is it, such it that could be, but if he can to figure make the, out to make the type of trade that a lot of people were hoping you might be able to make with Tanner Scott, it, it I understand that's it's, not a my month. point is only the disappointment is more tied to knowing that the difference between this and him being a legitimate trade asset mm-hmm. is so small and is so seemingly obtainable, right? Like it's not asking too much for a pitcher to you know command what he's throwing i i understand what you're saying and i'm not saying it's not disappointing i do think it's i think it's in a bad vacuum not using pine tar uh i don't know we can we can try to yeah. look into that <laughs> um in a vacuum is it is it if you ask if the question is this is does it disappointing or not yes it's disappointing but i measured in how disappointed i can be because at at best i only think he's so valuable to you well, he's got Let's potential Closer stuff, which right. is it's an elusive. Just yeah, you know, what does what is that, that mean in baseball? It means that with his tools, that left arm of his, he's got a pretty good off-speed pitch too. No, I'm not. I'm not. Like those that combo should be a dominant not, late inning reliever, right? Like if he could command his fastball, there's no reason he should not be a dominant late inning reliever. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just don't think it means all that much. Dominant late inning relievers are still worth something. Something like that's a valuable asset. Now it's not. It's not John how, Means. And how does it line up? Does it line up that you say, "Hey, I want that to be a part of what I'm, I'm not doing"? Not necessarily suggesting Is it that, that. You, you trade it as soon as you get it because I kind of think at a certain point, I don't know what closers, how to define that, but a lot of times the closer as the, between the, the ears is a the, lot of things that you're relying on. The and trades that are being made typically aren't for guys that are dominant for three months. They're I, not. I understand that. They're, they are guys that but are he dominant does. I for, think he's only probably just hitting arbitration after this year. If I, had to I understand. It. There's still time. I right. get that. I get that there's still time. And, that's, and it's like and a that goes back to, window for a reliever's play. And that goes by, back to why I can't be too worked up. Um, from uh, b- b- from Josh, it's Kramer for me, but your overall point is the correct take. Well, I mean, I and Kramer, by the way, had walk issues in the minors as well. He had about he a three plus oh, he walk, walk per nine. Minors, yes. right? like that was what was... we talked about. His command was was the problem. Um, and 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 when I say it's when you say my overall point, I'm not trying to dismiss. Or try to suggest this should be fun. I think that's the one thing that people are struggling with. I'm not trying to tell you that you should be having fun with this. This is why I, I, I constantly talk about disconnecting Orioles from guys that are wearing Orioles uniforms. And to me, there is a very small number of actual Orioles on this roster. There's a lot of guys wearing Orioles uniforms. Well, there's, mo- but there's no, no more than usual. Yeah, thank you. Strikingly few actual Orioles to me. And those are the only guys who I'm 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 monitoring in any way. I'm I'm just I feel good for Trey Mancini because I like him. Um by the way, we had somebody responded to two things we talked about on the show yesterday. Hmm. Um I'm trying to remember who it was. It was Jake, I want to say. Love it. And I don't really know Jake, but Jake messaged and said, uh, Glenn, there are two things that happened on the show today that I wanted to respond to, but I wasn't listening live. 
The first was you brought up the guy from Fifty First Dates, and Kyle started to ask a question and then backed off of it. <laughs> I want, I want, I want to bet more than anything no, no, that no. the question Kyle was going to ask is: Is that the same guy who asked if those were happy or sad tissues from forgetting Sarah Marshall? I got to give him the credit that he deserves. Was he's that right. correct? He's right. Nicely yeah. done, Jake. That's yeah, really right. good. He's right. That's really good. For the, for the record, the answer is no. It is not the same guy. <laughs> he's correct. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate good, that. Yeah, I'm, that was, look, you know, I'm not going to lie about something that, that he nailed was, like that. that. That's was uh, some damn fine detective work. Yeah, damn fine know, detective me, know me better than I know, you know. Um, and then, two, you're talking about players that could be traded. Your point uh, about Trey Mancini is correct. If Kyle's looking for something that can be an example of what could be done in a trade, perhaps the Mitch Moreland trade from last year is the best-case scenario. While neither player that the Red Sox acquired from the Padres was thought of as a top prospect in baseball, they were both guys still worth trading for a player that you weren't, didn't have plans for. You're right that there is not going to be a significant difference, but Moreland had to hit eight home runs in the first month. I don't know if the Padres would have specifically targeted him had he not. I like I, this Jake fellow. I don't know. Even though he's a little too 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 in my head there. Yeah, I mean, I, that was that was, that was something impressive. Um, I it, we're, it is a different topic and a different conversation. What, uh, the forgetting Sarah Marshall thing. Uh, well, no, that, that we don't need to spend any more time on that one. Uh, very and it was, random, and it was the one. Random. It was it was. Uh, is he the same one that he was like really because you look like a gigantic baby? That's the same yeah, guy. Yeah, I think right? it's the same guy. Right. Yes, correct. Making sure, yeah. correct. Um, but the happy tissue or sad tissue is definitely the 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 line that people seem to think of. I and think it's the gigantic baby part. Do you? That's yeah. the first when one you go to. He's chasing the hog, uh, and they're carrying. For it. what it's worth, I don't know who either guy is. Just, just I don't, I don't, no, I, it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. And that was why I didn't really want to bring it up because we don't know enough to be talking about it. Right. Um, uh, secondarily, I, I I don't want to spend any more time right now on the Mitch. We can, we, we, no, uh, undoubtedly, the conversation will end up coming up again because it's come up probably twelve times so far. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like I to say I don't know if that would have been the specific guy they targeted. Maybe you could like I understand you saying that, but I also don't know that there was anybody else available. I don't know that suddenly the Padres felt that much strongly about Mitch Moreland versus. It just being the guy that was available to be traded for at that point. Well, I think for what it's worth, this shouldn't be a look. As you mentioned, it's not as if there's there's never guys like this available. But I do think Trey's outfield, at least versatility, to an extent, yeah, might differentiate him from somebody I'm like a Colin Moran in Pittsburgh, who's only a first I'm, baseman. I'm, I'm not convinced of that, but it, does it hurt? No, it certainly doesn't hurt. I don't know that it can help either. Um, from Brian, totally on board with the rebuild, and this is why I say if you get the right deal, then uh, Mancini and Means get dealt. By the time we are good, these guys will be north of 30. Our talent is in Bowie. My question is, are the Orioles using Bowie as AAA, or are they really AA? I just think, Brian, you have to re- reconsider what AAA what means. Each of them, who, what the majority of the players in each of them are. Right. I, the point of AAA is if you feel as though someone needs to go prove themselves against major leaguers, quote-unquote, AAA is the place to do that. Kevin Costner. You're going to find guys with major league experience there. You're going to face major league experience bats in AAA or you major league experience pitchers the other way. It's going to give you an opportunity. If you think someone's stuff is so overwhelming or they're ta- so talented – that you don't need that question answered, then AAA doesn't become relevant for them. I I think that Double A is often the guys that are the highest, th- the closest to the majors, at, or 
have the prospect, proven the, themselves the, the, at the lower levels. The scouted right. prospects that you believe that's where they go is double A. That's what matters to them. The guys that you still have questions about, you need to go get them some time against major league caliber players at triple A. I do think, it, to expand on that question, there is still something we need to learn about how that's impacted by losing a level of minor league baseball. But losing an entire level within each franchise, does that change? It, you're not... You're still starting against essentially the same competition that you mm, would have been starting saying, against. There fewer spots for the guys that are but, just quad but guys. Or does it not, not even necessarily that? Does it make you more inclined to say you need to graduate to the next level still? That there's one more stop that you need to go on Which this would process. In, I don't in know. turn make fewer spots for the but, quad A guys, wouldn't it? Uh, yes, that would both be the same. But I don't know that that's the most important. I understand, part but of it. I think that ultimately you're talking about a situation where AAA is no longer just a that. bunch of quad A right. guys. I understand what you're saying. Uh, from Nick Kelly is an acceptable answer. I'm not disappointed. Yes. I expected this team to not be competitive, so anything good that has happened so far has been a bonus. From Paul Novilando, not specifically the Orioles, but organizationally, I guess I'm a little disappointed that Yusniel Diaz hasn't even sniffed a call-up to the Orioles yet. I say this based on him being the crown jewel of the Machado trade. Just hoped he possessed enough potential to be up by now. That goes back to what I keep saying. Part of what we don't want to talk about how far behind the Orioles are in all of this. We just kind of want to ignore that part and pretend like it doesn't exist because mm, it's not fun. The curse dad thing's concerning? Like, yeah, they are, uh, by the way, so far this season, eh, not great. Using the LDS is at AAA hitting 200. I hear that's not ideal. Not ideal. Th- I mean, this is the reality. The reality is they've got nothing to show for the trades that they made when this all kicked off. They got nothing to show for it. I mean, Dean Kramer's probably about as good as they got to show for it mm-hmm. at this point. And that's where the disappointment comes from, also. Like, I mean, you want to say that that's a different type of disappointment. Yeah, he's like, "You're save me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're right. our only hope," kind of thing. But this is the reality. The reality is they are significantly far behind in this process. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. It's not. It's not fun. It's no good. But it's the reality. And you can't change that. And then they lost a year of minor league baseball. And as you pointed out, the Heston Kerstad thing is a huge issue. The number two overall pick having not played is a huge, huge issue for a baseball team in the midst of a rebuild. Pretty uncertain as to what that even... I I don't know. Correct. So this is the stuff that we don't want to deal with when we're bitching about the major leagues is that the truth is, unfortunately, this is off to a bad start. And that doesn't mean that D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman won't still work out and that some of these other guys that we're now more hopeful about, the Jordan Westbergs, the Gunnar Hendersons of the world, mm-hmm. won't make up some of the difference. Or that there aren't still other guys with upside, the Drew Roms, the, no, you sure. know, like there's a, a bunch of pitchers in the system that could, people could. have said have potential. I, that, there's certainly something to be said for all that. Carter um, Baumlers of the world. All right, uh, really quickly from Dave, disappointed that other than Adley and a couple of pitchers, not sure where this is headed. Hearing trade talk for Means, Mancini, et cetera, makes me wonder when it will get any better. But then I've always thought total rebuild was a horse-s way to run a baseball operation. Well, that I mean, that's a different thing. If you weren't on board with it to begin with, you're certainly not going to suddenly be on board with it now when it doesn't appear to be bearing fruit. Sure. You're not going to say three years later, well, this hasn't really been working, but now I like it. And if you didn't like it to begin with, you're not going to like it now. And from Matt, nothing, absolutely nothing about the Orioles disappoints me at this point. Jim Johnson disappointed me versus Raul Abanez. Buck disappointed me versus Encarnacion. The 2020 
2021 Orioles. I have zero expectations for this team to fall. Yeah, I did think Buck and Akronasian were at least going to go 12 rounds. That would have been good if they could have. I mean, I right. I, I bought those tickets. <laughs> I was ringside. I'm like, let's go, man. It ended in the third. <laughs> it was a questionable stoppage, too. All right, continue to get me responses throughout the course of the day. We will uh, talk about it more with Stan the Fan in the 11 a.m. hour. Today's program, a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio, is also brought to you by our friends at, oh, you know what? This one will be brought to you by Tucker Fest and Great 8's Memorabilia. It's coming up on June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. It's going to be a free family fun festival. Excuse me to put on your purple. Come out, hang out. Cornhole tournament, live broadcast, live music with Joey Harkham and Dave Teef, food trucks, and still more to be announced. And on top of all that, if you want to meet your hero, Justin Tucker, you can do that. The picture autograph ticket is 50 bucks. money going to the Brigance Brigade. I want to make that very clear. Some type people hear, oh, 50 bucks. sounds like I'm getting gouged. One, if you know this market, you're not. Two, the money's going to the Brigance Brigade, which is the point of all of this is to raise money for the Brigance Brigade, a charity I'd like to hope that we care a good bit about in this community. Find out more by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com is how you find out more about Tucker Fest on June 27th. Speaking of purple, when we come back in, some more Julio Jones conversation. Don't know what to... Uh, you know, I'll talk about that another time. We'll talk to DJ Shockley down in Atlanta next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip the Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. 
with competitive pricing and an AM Best A-minus financial strength rating. It's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at... Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. It is a Tuesday edition of the program brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Talked a lot of baseball so far. Let's switch gears. Let's get back into some football conversation. Obviously, we all saw what happened yesterday on the Fox Sports 1 program. I still don't really know what the story is, but it's kind of irrelevant. What we know is that Julio Jones made public that he's done in Atlanta. At least in his mind, he is. And that's not going to end any... We've been talking about it for some time. The conversation will only get louder when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. One man who thinks the Ravens are a fit is a former Atlanta Falcon. In fact, a former Atlanta Falcons quarterback and a man who's very involved media-wise. Not only does he does the does he do the SEC Network stuff, but he's also a host of the Triple Threat Pod as part of the Believe Podcast Network. He is former Falcons quarterback DJ Shockley, and he's with us now here on GCR. DJ, it's Glenn and Kyle up in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me, man. Hope you guys are uh, doing well and uh, all things are good. And the very same to you, my friend. Appreciate you taking the time for us. Um, we are – look, you're not going to have to sell us on Julio Jones because we would, you know, <laughs> we would run through rings of fire to have Julio Jones in Baltimore. What What about the, the Ravens makes you think this is like a really particularly unique fit and a good fit um, for Julio Jones, you know, presuming he's going to end up getting dealt by the Falcons? I think the number one thing that makes Julio so different uh, from a lot of, you know, great receivers, I think obviously there are a bunch of receivers in this league. There's probably four or five. You can say, okay, you put them on any team, and they're going to make that guy better, and that guy being the quarterback. And you look at where Lamar Jackson is going, and it's, 
uh, I say emergence as one of the top quarterbacks. And as far as being one of those guys who can be an elite passer and throw the football, you need an elite receiver on the outside that can win versus any coverage, versus any man-to-man coverage, versus any zone. And Julio brings that to the table. And I think one thing that makes Julio so special is his ability to get the guys around him playing at a higher level as well. Uh, one thing that I've noticed in his you know, tenure here in Atlanta is whenever I'm at practice, whenever I'm at a game, or whenever you're watching, he's constantly teaching the younger guys. And you guys have a couple of younger guys. Yep. Who, obviously, in Hollywood Brown, you guys expect him to be uh, a really good player. You got Rashad Baby, you guys just drafted. All guys who would look at Julio as a guy that every single day when he comes into the room, he's going to make those guys better with the things that he's been able to do. And then you couple that with a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is going to uh, arguably, I think, he's going to make people low boxes because of his ability to run, as we know. But when he gets a chance to throw it and you have the one-on-one matchups, nine times out of ten, Julio's going to come down with that football and he's going to make a play where your guy uh, will look good. Uh, I just think it's a, a really good fit, and Julio would have an, uh, a, a really huge impact on everybody on that side of the ball. Uh, all right, so let's just do it, DJ. Let's just do it. Let's make uh, – we're in, we're in utter agreement. Are you at all concerned about um, the nagging hamstring injury that caused him to, to miss games next year combined with his age? I – I, I openly admit to you, I'm not, right? Like, the Ravens brought in Steve Smith at 35. I don't think 32 right. is the year in which you fall <laughs> off a cliff and suddenly you're not able to be helpful any longer. I, I also don't know that speed alone, even if he loses a little speed, we've all watched Julio Jones play football. I don't know that that ends him. Should we be at all concerned about age and injury at this point with Julio? Well, I think no doubt. I think the injury part of it is a big part of it. And I think that's kind of the only thing that's really has people skeptical of Julio Jones because everything else tells you he is a first ballot Hall of Famer with the way he plays. And the injuries have been a big part of it. And when he's not on the field, that's a tremendous loss for your offense. And it was the same thing here in Atlanta when he misses four or five games or at the end of the season last year, missed the last seven and you had a guy like Calvin Ridley who could step up and be that number one guy. So the injury is a huge part of it. But one thing you know about Julio is it has to be dire for him not to be on the field. It has to be where he can almost not walk or even have a uh, kind of any kind of production for him to be on the field. He's going to give you everything you have. But here's one thing that you must remember, and here's a caveat that when you're thinking about having Julio Jones on your team. At the age he's at now, the last couple of years in Atlanta, this guy didn't practice a lot. Mm-hmm. He wasn't around as much in training camp as far as getting that timing down. Now, fortunately for the Falcons, they had Matt Ryan, who had been around for a while, and he knew Julio Jones. He knew how he would come out of his routes. He knew what to expect from him in certain coverages and plays. That's the only caveat is building that rapport with Lamar Jackson. And the thing you have with Julio is you have to keep him on a pitch count because ultimately the most important thing is getting him to game day. You get him to game day, you got a chance. But the rapport is absolutely important. And if he's not practicing every single day, or practicing Wednesday or Thursday, and only out there Friday, that's a big deal. That's, so that's interesting. The only caveat I say is, yeah, the injuries are a big part of it, but also you have to have a quarterback that is, I want to say, strong enough to be able to handle Julio Jones not being there every day but also understanding that this guy is a gamer, but that rapport is a little bit different. But, but DJ, DJ Shockley is with us here in GCR. Does the skill make up for it, though? Like, it, and, and, I'm, and this is maybe just the reverence that I have for Julio Jones, the football player. <laughs> 
Like, like, yes, I don't disagree. Rapport is important, but can't you trust that if you throw the ball in the general area of Julio Jones, he's going to catch the football, even if you don't have exact timing down and that exact relationship the way that you want it to be? Oh, absolutely. Okay. As okay. a former quarterback, he is one of those type of dudes that sometimes you don't care who's over there. And Julio is that kind of guy. And I think if you throw it anywhere around him, the competitor in Julio Jones, the guy that he has been through his entire career, is that that ball is anywhere around me, nine times out of ten, I'm going to come down with it. And you're right. Rapport sometimes is overrated because you have some guys who need to practice, but some guys like Julio are gamers. They will show up. They will be where they're supposed to be. And when that ball's around them, they're going to make your QB look good or they're going to make sure that that ball is not intercepted. Julio Jones is absolutely that type of player that when you put him on the field, he is going to be a factor regardless of if you guys had 30 reps at it or you guys had two reps. You tell him where he needs to be, and he's going to read the coverage the right way, and you guys are going to find a way to get him the football. Um, I, I kind of know the answer to this question already, but you've seen it live and, and you've watched it over the years. I mean, how much attention does Julio Jones draw on a football field still, right? Like, the Ravens are running the football yeah. 65% of the time just about, but they lack a guy who demands attention from the defense on the outside. I imagine Julio Jones would solve that in short order. Is he still a guy that is constantly requiring, if not double teams, but safety help over top to help? The defense is always still aware of where Julio Jones is on the football field, I imagine. You know what? I'll give you one quick stat that tells you how important Julio Jones is. And it's a red zone stat. Maybe, you know, it may be overrated. Maybe it not be. But in a season, Julio Jones has had 10 touchdowns only one time. And that tells you once you get anywhere near the end zone, people have eyes on him. His ability to go up and get the football is a huge part of the game. For years, you talk about these big receivers like a Calvin Johnson who in the red zone are unstoppable because they can go up and get the football. Julio has been that kind of guy. And when he scored touchdowns, it's had to come from far out, outside the red zone, because there's more field to play with. Man, when you got two or three guys over there, that makes a big difference. But every time Julio Jones is on the field, if your defensive coordinator does not say where is number 11, then you're doing your defensive disjustice. You have to make sure you know where he is at all times because he can create habits for you. And that's what opens up everybody else on the outside. But there's always some every, – every season I've seen, there's some type of coverage that they try to play against Julio Jones. And I just remember the Super Bowl going back when they played the Patriots, an unbelievable catch he had over there on the sideline. There was no reason in the world Matt Ryan should have threw that football because they had underneath and over-the-top coverage, and he still goes on top of the defensive back and pulls that football down. There's going to be constant double coverage. And when you get a chance to get one-on-one, he's going to make you pay. But most defensive coordinators understand there's one guy on the field I will not let beat me. It's Julio Jones. Yeah, no when you do play man coverage, the first thing people are going to say is, why you only got one guy on it? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense in the world. <laughs> He's former Falcons quarterback DJ Shockley. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, DJ, there's there, there, you know, the people that are making arguments for why the Ravens specifically wouldn't do this would say something like, Hey, there's, there's a cost to this. You've already gone out and you've already made some moves at wide receiver, and if you do this, it's going to prevent you maybe from doing something else. It might, you know, we'll see how a trade works out. It's going to cost you something in draft capital for sure, maybe a player. We'll see how that would go. But it might cost you from being able to do something else next offseason because it's not just the $15 million for this year. He's got two more years on the contract. My response is 
even if you're not a necessarily a, a throw-first football team, wouldn't the presence of a Julio Jones at least go to make up some of the difference in what it might cost you potentially elsewhere on the field? Like, aren't you a better football team as a whole when you have a special football player somewhere on the roster versus maybe losing a second-round pick and what that might be elsewhere, you know, an edge rush or whatever it would be next season? Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, you just look around the league right now, and just from what Julio said yesterday, there was a firestorm of dudes of other teams trying to recruit Julio Jones there. Freaking DeAndre Hopkins said he would take a pay cut. How many big-time receivers would say anything like that to get a guy a great like point. Julio on the field? It's a great point. Because you know exactly what he brings to the table. The fact that you have a guy who comes in who gives your offense instant credibility, gives you a chance to win, and when you look at Baltimore, they are in a position where you want to win right now. Obviously, yeah, you want to win for three, four, five years down the road, but at the end of the day, you're trying to win your division. You're trying to keep up with uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs and the, uh, the Buffalo Bills of the world who are putting up points and who have receivers all across the board and are you know, constantly teams that are playoff teams. Baltimore is in that same mindset, and you want to win ballgames now. And if you have a chance to bring in a transcendent player like a Julio Jones who can make your offense that much better instantly, why not go for it? Yeah, you may have to give up some stuff on the other end, but at the end of the day, Julio Jones will give you a chance to win right now as opposed to what happens down the road three, four years when you're thinking about draft capital or guys who can help you. Right now, Julio Jones gives you a chance to win in 2021. I, I can't agree more with you. I mean, and this is this is part of the problem. This is not all that. I, I've got no argument against it. I've got none. <laughs> like I, I, we are we. I, I to me, even even, and I'll give you this: the, the presentation of somebody would say, "You're a you're a running football team." Even with mm-hmm. Julio Jones, you're not likely to change that. I, I guess me, me, let me have two things there. One, what you know of Julio Jones, the person. At this place in his career, it, do you feel as though he's okay with that? That that coming to a place where they're ju- you're just not going to be throwing the ball as much. That's the nature of a Greg Romanoff. It's not that you're never going to throw the ball at all, but it won't be as much. And it's a suddenly crowded wide receiver room, although he would clearly be number one. Is he at a place in his career where you know his legacy said he's not fighting for another big money contract? He's good to do a little bit more blocking and and to sign up for having his numbers maybe dip a little bit in the trade-off for trying to win a Super Bowl? The one thing that gives me the confidence to say absolutely yes, he's in that position is one thing he said is I want to go somewhere where I can win. Yep. Baltimore is a place you can absolutely go and win. That's somewhere you look up, they're always one of those type of teams that in the playoffs, they're physical in their play. And over the years, I mean, how many guys have Lamar Jackson had that they've had the ability like a Julio Jones? You've been trying to find that guy for the last couple of years, and the reason you haven't, that's why you're becoming more run first team because you haven't found that guy who Lamar probably feels most comfortable with to throw it up and give him an opportunity. And then the other part of it is there's talk that Julio said, hey, I would love to go play with Cam. Well, last year what we saw with New England wasn't a really pass-happy team. Great point. He said he wants to go somewhere where he wants yep. to win. Great point. And I think right now, you look at Lamar, you look at Cam, I think Lamar is a much better passer than what we saw last year from Cam Newton. So that gives me the confidence to say he would love to go to Baltimore and play for a guy like Lamar Jackson who is going to give him more opportunities because at the end of the day, a defensive coordinator would say, which poison do I want to 
give up? Do I want to give up with Lamar Jackson running for 40, 50 yards on me, or do I want to make sure I got an eye on him and one less guy on the outside? Well, that, Pick your poison. Yep, Julio Jones would love that opportunity, and now your offense becomes a little bit more pass-heavy, but you still have the run game resemblance in there where you can do a little bit of both now because you have that guy on the outside who is a playmaker. And does it still make a difference to a team? You know, I, I think I, I get this is a dumb guy question, and I know the answer is yes, but somebody would say, hey, if you're just going to be running the ball this much, why are you prioritizing wide receiver to this extent? Why are you going this far to upgrade your wide receivers when you know you're not going to be throwing the ball 35 to 40 times a game. And I, and while I get the question, I think we all know the answers, right? Because you still have to throw the ball at some point. And no doubt. You're going to inevitably end up being in a game where you're going to have to throw the ball. And in those situations, it'd be awfully nice to have Julio Jones on the field to throw the ball to. No doubt. I mean, you think about on the Marquee back in the – in that game last year versus Browns and had to come back in on that fourth down play and he had to create and find somebody. Well, those are opportunities where it's third and five, you know, fourth and five, whatever it may be. Yep. And they're loading the box. They got eight, nine guys in the box because they know you got Lamar Jackson who can pick up five yards. Well, guess what? Who's out there on the outside? You got a number 11 in Julio Jones who's a monster that gives you more of a throwing threat. Over the past couple of years, I don't think Baltimore's had that real throwing and receiving threat on the outside that scares people it's all been Lamar Jackson and that run game well now you put another guy like 11 out there and he gives you that threat to throw the football now you become more of a more balanced team maybe you're still 65 right you know for right. you know running past the run or run the pass whatever it may be but now you have somebody on the outside who gives you a little fear in the defense that hey if it's not Lamar Jackson it could be Julio Jones obligatory like disclaimer the answer is probably yes it's Julio Jones but like he, the Ravens, obviously, with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, have a lot of the second chance type of passing plays, right? The broken plays no that doubt. turn into the scramble drills with the receiver improvising and finding the open space, right? Matt Ryan, not exactly the same scrambler Lamar Jackson is. I don't know how much of that was really taking place in Atlanta. I can't imagine it was schemed into a lot of the offense. I mean, do you think Julio would excel or have any reason to think he wouldn't excel at that type of thing. The, the, the interesting thing about what you just said is it, it may not seem like it happens, but Matt is one of those sneaky kind of, he can just get away from, you know, a little pressure here and there. And there have been tons of plays throughout Julio Jones' career where it's scramble drill. Interesting. And just think about that, you know, being amplified by 10 times with a guy like Lamar Jackson where things may break down. You have one guy who missed a, 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 a blitz and then, hey, here comes Julio screaming across on a shallow cross or, you know, breaking free. Now it becomes backyard ball. Now it becomes football that you played when you were younger. And now it becomes more fun to a guy like Julio who's looking to have somebody who can create. Now, there also there were times where hey, Matt wasn't getting away from anybody and Julio beats his guy and there's a frustration. But now he understands a play is never over with Lamar Jackson. And that gives him a mindset of, there's always a chance for me to get the football. So I think he it is, it's intriguing because you have a guy you never – a style of guy you never play with. Now you have him that gives you extra opportunities to get touchdowns or create those scramble drills throughout a ball game. Uh, you, you, I mean, again, we didn't need to be sold, but you sold us anyway. DJ, can, can, I, can I hit two quick <laughs> ones with you? I know you're a Georgia guy, and I know you did SEC Network stuff. 
Can, can you tell us anything about um, uh, Ben? Uh, and, and I know I don't know how much time you spent looking at offensive linemen, but the Ravens drafted a kid named Ben Cleveland that they think is going to be their starting left guard. Do you know anything about Ben and, and anything you might be able to tell us about him and whether he's ready for something like that? It's, have you guys seen this dude? I mean, he's one of the most monstrous human beings we've ever seen in our life. I yeah. mean, <laughs> a monster of an individual. And early in his career, you know, I mean, highly recruited kid, uh, came in expecting big things, and he kind of uh, fell by the wayside early in his career, and he just thought he could use his size. As he got older, as he began to play more and becoming that starter, the technique part of him kind of took over. Now, he's a big mauler. And he wants to get up on that second level. He can move. He's athletic. Uh, but I think this is a guy that over the past couple of years has kind of grown into a really good offensive line. And I think you guys are going to be really excited to have him because he understands uh, being a mauler that wants to just harass people and will get after you. And the fact that he's that big and still athletic enough to get on the perimeter, I think bodes well for the style of which you guys run the football and the style in which he wants to be a physical downhill role grader, and he will be one of those guys you guys will be excited about, I believe. And, and so it sounds like you think he's he's ready to start in the NFL on day one at left guard. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, awesome. I, I, obviously, uh, I'm a little biased playing against no, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And watching, you know, he, he, he's going to get some of the best, you know, in the league, and now, you know, taking that next step, obviously there would be some uh, little learning curve, but, I think with his size and what you guys will ask of him, I think he'll absolutely be ready to play. Uh, DJ, what can I plug for you, man? I, you've given us so much time. It's been such a great segment. What can I plug for you? The podcast, social media, everything. What can we get plugs in for? <laughs> oh, man, I, I appreciate you guys having me, man. It's fun to be able to you know, talk to a different market and you know, talk about some guys that I, that I know pretty well. So I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, the Triple Third Podcast is pretty cool. I actually just finished up talking to uh, Charlie Ward, who uh, obviously oh. – Oh. Uh, was a Nick and, you know, won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, he actually mentored me while I was at Georgia. Uh, so it, it's pretty cool to have guys on like him. And, uh, you know, people can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at DJShockley3. But other than that, I uh, appreciate you guys having me, man. It makes no sense because he has no connection here. I'm a nerdy Charlie Ward fan. You have no – I thought it was the <laughs> coolest thing ever that this dude was this good at football and yet was also that good at bad. Like, I just thought he was the coolest guy ever. So that's really cool, man. DJ Shockley3 on Twitter is how you follow him. DJ, really appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Hopefully, uh, from your lips to God's ears, this all works out that Julio Jones puts on purple next season. Really appreciate it, <laughs> no man. No doubt. No doubt. I appreciate that. Y'all, y'all have a good week, man. DJ Shockley, great segment. I mean, he killed it. And, again, you can't get me to get more excited about I want Julio Jones in Baltimore. I can't lie about that. I can't hide from it. I think it makes all the sense in the world. Now I get all the – it's not easy, and there's a cost, and there we can't solve some of those things. But like this type of opportunity does not that, come along often. If if we are accepting that you that teams aren't giving up a first round pick for Julio Jones, and that's the trade, I don't really want to give up a first round pick for Julio Jones. Okay, but we're accepting that that's not the market at this point, and that could change. I get it, but if it ain't, I, I, I'm struggling, and I know there's still more that has to be done. You have to clear some space still. You have to figure out if he's willing to help you. If not, I'm sure, with all the talk about DeAndre Hopkins willing to take a pay cut, I'm pretty sure Marlon Humphrey I, and Ronnie Stanley will be I more than comfortable restructuring their contract in order so. to make this work. I, you're, somebody would say, "Well, what if this means you can't sign a veteran edge rusher?" All right, I'll live. 
I get it. It's not ideal, but you know how I feel about the veteran edge rushers. Well, I think and you, you also should... know how the Ravens feel about pass rushing. Right. right now. They should be able to get it from wherever right. they want to get it. Their secondary from. allows them to be more aggressive. And, and by the way, ways. they just spent a first round pick on a player. Sure. If that guy wasn't ready to be a player, then he wouldn't shouldn't have been somebody they should have been using a first round pick on. And, and the I way get they it. manipulate the defensive players and move guys around, that chess piece of a guy that fast and that big is a good one to have. hundred percent. I, the, none of these will rule out why they shouldn't. Does again, as I said before, I'm not betting on it. By the way, Vegas says you should. I, I well, right, like they say ish, that they yes, would, they don't correct. want you to essentially, correct. right? Correct. Like, which yes. is it doesn't mean nothing. No, it doesn't mean nothing. I understand that. I understand that. Like they, I they don't just base this on fans' opinions. I don't correct, think. correct. Well, they should though, because <laughs> mine matters. All right, hour number one is in the books from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. It was also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Give them a call right now for a free analysis, 410-401-9797 or C3America.com. Stan the Fan joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Grade Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkum and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Ballard Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe with competitive pricing and an AM Best A-minus financial strength rating. It's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off 
every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis' career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. URL. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. They are celebrating their 25th anniversary at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. And by why wouldn't you get over and celebrate with them? Love Glory Days Grill. You know how great Glory Days is. The food is amazing, but... More than anything right now at your neighborhood Glory Days, they've got a very special menu with the smoky thigh wings, the double bacon and cheddar burger, the turtle cheesecake, the silver anniversary IPA. It's all available for a limited time to celebrate their 25th anniversary at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Let's welcome in, it's been too long, the Chief Grand Poobah of Press Box joins us now. He is our friend, Mr. Stan the Fan Charles, and he's with us here on GCR. Stanley, how are you, sir? Everything good? Good to be with you guys. Good to be with you. Good to have you back, my friend. Um, I, I specifically wanted to talk to you today. i got to be honest with you, Stan. I yep. was a, I'm a little caught off guard by some of the reactions that, not just Orioles fans, but like some of the, the Orioles blogosphere and, and podcasters are having uh, about how bad this has been recently. And I, I get it. It's, it's been bad. You know, like It's been yep. really bad since John Means threw a no-hitter. But... Yep. I, I thought we knew it was gonna be bad, and I'm I'm struggling with what's actually disappointing versus just it being frustrating to lose baseball games, which I get. It's no fun to sit and watch baseball every night and the, the team lose, but that was kind of all baked into this as that was going to happen. Well, I I, I hear you, and uh, but baseball fans, you know that old expression, "Hope springs eternal." Um, I think what's happened, Glenn, is the the blogosphere and the fans have, have not looked at this um, through the prism of what happened last year. I think we're really – this was going to be a three- to four-year slog of really rough times the way Mike Elias is building this. And I think this – the pandemic set everything back a year, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the fact that – Keegan Aiken, the fact that Dean Kramer didn't get to pitch at AAA last year and really refine their games, that Michael Bowman and Zach Lother didn't get to go through AAA. There's a reason that that process is normally how how pitchers get to the major leagues. And I'm really dealing, i got to be honest with you, I'm really dealing on the pitcher side of things uh, because the, the team... The team is look. It's not a good. It's not a good team in the position players either. But at least that's passable. But you know when you try and compete against. And I wrote this yesterday on my power rankings, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much money the Yankees have 
just on their pitching, how much they're spending. Uh, I mean, after Garrett, yeah, after Garrett Cole, God, I, I, I don't know. It's a, right. It's a hundred million dollars sure. total. Sure. The Boston Red Sox are who seemingly were this huge surprise this year. They're spending fifty-five million dollars on their pitching. The Blue Jays, fifty million. The Tampa Bay Rays, who are really the the model organization for what we need to become. They're spending $27 million on pitching. The Orioles have $10 million roughly on their pitching staff. Their highest paid pitcher is Matt Harvey. Their second highest paid pitcher is Sean Armstrong, who isn't even (laughs) worth coming into a game when we have the lead. So that's really, to me, where people are exacerbated by is how bad this pitching really has been and there's no question it's been it's been horrible but that, you know that's why i go back to we knew who the guys were and i stan i understand there are there are even in the context of i expected them to be bad there yeah. are still things that are disappointing right and I've, I've, we talked about them this morning i'm disappointed by how ryan mountcastle has hit right-handed pitching it's been yeah. dreadful right it's been it's been Terrible. awful I, I don't think it defines Ryan Mountcastle. I don't think that after, you know, uh, uh, two months of the season, it means that Ryan Mountcastle is not going to be a major league hitter. And, you know, I, I, I think that there is still time, and you have to allow that to happen. I'm disappointed in Tanner Scott, right? Like, how can you not yeah. be disappointed in Tanner Scott? But he's a relief arm, and, I you know, I, I can't oversell what I thought Tanner Scott was going to be for this organization moving forward. I, I get that there are things that are disappointing, but nothing that makes me say, oh, Jesus, this, this is proof that this system isn't working or that this rebuild is never going to come to fruition. I, I think you're right, and I talked about it a lot before the season. I, I don't think anybody really wanted to realize how far behind the Orioles were, not just because of what you brought up in last year, but because we've, we've got basically the verdict now on the trades for everything Dan Duquette did well. We basically have a verdict on the Dan Duquette trades that ended his tenure, and that's they didn't work. Um, we don't have anything to show for them. Using the LDS is a, essentially a disaster at this point. I mean, I, I guess it could still – they are behind in this pro- – they are significantly behind. They can still get there, but they have to deal with the reality of how far behind they are. Yeah, well, you know, we, we've got to thank – we can criticize Peter Angelos for a lot of things, but one of the things is going into this rebuild, he sort of went into it kicking and screaming uh, because we all know that Dan Duquette had his hands tied behind his back. Yep. You know, yep. trading, trading Manny Machado when you only get two months of Manny Machado, I mean, what should the Dodgers have given us – when they didn't even they didn't even really calculate re-signing him and trading Zach Britton with only a couple months to go, those things were those weren't really Dan's fault. Dan didn't seem to have the control right. that's, that's that very Michael Elias yep. has. Yep. You know? No, no, you're very fair to point that. Out. I'm not really trying to be critical of Dan Duquette. I want to make no, that I very clear. I mean, yeah. but the but the Dodger trade, we better hope Dean Kramer becomes something because. You're right. The Diaz aspect of the trade is uh, is over. And I will criticize Mike, though, on one thing. I still don't understand how it was more important to keep Austin wins and and uh, that guy Shaw that they picked up rather than keep, keep Zach Pop on this team. 
who is turning into a useful relief arm a fair for point, the Miami sir. Marlins. It's a very know. fair point. Stan the Fan Charles is with us here on GCR. If you missed it last night, Stan and Ross Grimsley had a great conversation with Mike Bordick, and you can find that right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com and see it there. Uh, what's coming up tomorrow night, Stanley? Yeah, Gary Stein and I have back-to-back -back Wednesdays with uh, Towson University coaching uh, royalty. Yeah, yeah. We had Diane Richardson last year talking about uh, last week talking about her COVID experience, which was really, uh, uh, boy, what a story that was. Um, and she's okay now. She and her family are okay now, but a very close call there. Yep. Uh, but Rob Ambrose will join us to talk about how he's preparing for a season uh, after no season. Yep, literally. Yeah. They didn't get a spring season. They didn't get anything. There was no football at Towson this year. So that's tomorrow night. What time is that show, Stan? Yeah, that'll be 7 o'clock on Facebook Live. And then, of course, we present it the following morning on our yep. website. And that's, of course, all of Stan's shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. So tomorrow night, Stan Gary and Rob Ambrose, and if you missed it, Mike Bordick last night. Stan, where are you on the um, the, the debate about John Means? You know, I, 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 I wrote about it at PressBoxOnline.com. I'm not openly trying to run John Means out of town. I don't, I don't want to trade him for the sake of trading him. But when you try to make somebody an asset that isn't, and I, I know that's what we – we never want to trade the guys that we like, but when you're trying to find an asset, you've got one. And if you can get an overwhelming haul, and, and maybe you can, I'm not dismissing that. I, I think you got to do what's best for finding your window, because I don't know if your window is going to be in the next two to three years, and I don't know if you're going to commit to the money that it's going to take to sign John Means if he's still this guy two to three years down the road. So I'm willing to listen if that's the case. Um, where are you when it comes to the John Means conversation? Well, you, you, you've got the right objective approach to it, you know, to take the emotion out of it. But for me, I have a real hard time with two players right now. One of them is named Trey Mancini, and one of them is John Means. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think I, I refer when I write about it now, I refer to Mike Elias sort of he's like a plate spinner. He's got all these things going on, you know, and he's spinning plates, and people are waiting for the impending what are the plates going to stay up or aren't they? And sometimes you lose sight of what's really here. And to me, he's got two really solid pieces, and I'd probably throw Cedric Mullins in there now. Although I'm not saying he's going to hit 320, but I think he's become a very solid uh, person on this on this baseball team. But Means and Mancini, to me, I really think the club should be trying to re-sign them right now. And I know that the, the money is very scarce right now, but you know the fans are going to come back one day. The revenues are going to start coming back in again. The team is going to be worth more money. Uh, two years from now than it's worth now, I think they have to figure that out because I think that would send the right message to the fan base is that, hey, we've got a couple of these pieces here, sure. you know, right now. Stan, I'm, but, all f I'm all for this team starting to buy out arbitration years, you know. like yeah. I, th I think we're way overdue in, in being the team that does that. I it's just hard for me to fathom that now is the time that they're going to start doing that, right? <laughs> like... I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm talking out of one side of my mouth, but the other side of my mouth knows what's more likely to happen. 
And I would say that more likely to happen is that Trey Mancini very well could get traded well, this year. That, you, know what's, you know what's weird to me, Stan? I am less – I just think the returns – Somebody we had a listener who brought up the Mitch Moreland trade a year ago, and it's a fair comparison. Like I'm not saying you can't get anything for Trey Mancini. I think you can. But I think that the the Orioles fans will be disappointed – by what the return will be because Trey Mancini is a redundant talent, right? Like most organizations believe they have a Trey Mancini either on their club already or, you know, a guy that's going to be Trey Mancini they can call up. So I think that there will be Orioles fans that if you trade Trey Mancini and you don't get back a top 100 prospect, they're furious about it, right? Because they love Trey Mancini, understandably so. And I just don't think that trade can be made. I don't think you can get that type of return for a bat first, you know, a corner yep. uh, first baseman and corner outfielder. Right. So I, there is to me some argument for maybe ultimately the things that you bring up, what it means to the city, what it means to the organization. I think there might be a more compelling argument about this is why you do keep Trey Mancini. This is yep. why you don't go down that road because you, you just can't get – the return that you want to get for this guy, whereas means oh, you, maybe you can. You you make a, an excellent point, Glenn. I mean, I I don't think it through that way because I just I, if if that was if if that was the observation by Mike Elias, I mean by you, Mike Elias has had to think that through, and and why then you wouldn't have started some type of conversation, conversation yeah, right. uh, that would lead to ultimately signing him. And, and, and maybe, so they, I, maybe and, they did, Stan. Like, maybe we just don't know. We have to be fair about that. It's, it's possible yeah. that they did start that conversation. Yeah, but it's, it's possible they have. And, and in fairness, you know, I don't like to bring up, but uh, Trey Mancini is a cancer survivor. Yep. Getting 45 to $50 million of certainty, um, whereas he might, view himself as an $80, $90 million player over seven or eight years, getting $45 million over four years would certainly secure him in, you know, he and his family uh, in, in, uh, in revenue, you know, so I, it's, it's a tricky call. Uh, I would certainly weigh heavily in favor of signing Trey Mancini for all the reasons you just suggested and I think John Means is that type of person, too, that you want to build your organization around. But, you know, it's above my pay grade at this point in time. Right, and I, I, I don't necessarily, as far as a guy, and, and John Means has become extraordinarily popular around here, and we've gotten to know his wife and, and the whole deal. Yeah. So I think there is there is a comparison between the players. The John and, Means thing sort of determines, I mean, it hinges on how soon they think Grayson Rodriguez and D.O. Hall maybe are ready to it, be MLB it, contributors. Right. It, it might con- it can hinge around that, but maybe it doesn't necessarily. It, it, I think there's it's, it's a warranted argument. If if you're willing, I agree with Stan, if you're willing to be the team that is going to start buying guys out of arbitration years... I mean, it's not going to make him any less of an appealing asset as far as that's concerned I'm, for a team I'm to trade for. I'm absolutely on board with doing that with John Means. I, I am yep. in favor of it, if that's the case. I'm struggling with it because they've never been that team before. Like they've just it's something they've literally never done. So if you're not, we run into this Manny Machado, I'd compare it to Manny Machado stand that you run into this situation where if you're not going to buy him out of the arbitration years and if you're just going to hold on to him for the sake of holding on to him because your your fan base is going to be mad if you trade him, then are we going to get 2 years down the road 
and you're going to say, well, we never really won anything with him, and now we kind of have to trade him because he's about to become a free agent, and you get pennies on the dollar for someone that could have been a significant asset when you look to trade him. Um, you, know, you know who would be an interesting guest for you guys to have on? Um, Sam the Fan that, Charles. That's not, why we booked. That, that's why that we I'm, booked you. <laughs> not, that I'm an, not an appealing guest, but you know Ron Shapiro represented. Now this just goes back probably to 1978, 79. He was representing an awful lot of Orioles, yep. and he and he somehow got them all signed with the Orioles. Now, arbitration wasn't as sophisticated as it is today, and there weren't thoughts about exactly you were buying people out of arbitration. But back then, before the Indians started doing it in the 80s, uh, in the late 80s, the Orioles got all their people signed at one point in time, and uh, it would be interesting. I mean, the dollars are a lot greater today than they were back then. But uh, at one point in time, they did sign Dennis yep, Martinez, sure. Jim Palmer, sure. McGregor, Flanagan, you know. I, I'd like to hope that at some point they'll do that again. I just don't know when that's going to be, and, and you're in yep. a unique spot. But, no, it's a very good point, Stan. Yeah. Uh, what, um, else, what else is going on in your world, man? What else I, is... I just wanted to point out you had a great guest on. You had Mike Bordick on last week talking about Tony LaRussa. Yeah. I just had to make an observation about Tony, and it's – it's it's personal for me because I happen to have Liam Hendricks on my on my fantasy okay. baseball team. <laughs> okay. Um, and he's got nine. That, that poor saves. bastard. That poor bastard yeah, had no poor idea. Bastard yeah, didn't yeah. know what hit him. Right. Yeah. So here here's I'm watching the pr- the progress in Sunday's game. The the White Sox go into the top of the ninth inning in Yankee Stadium, and they're trailing by one run. And Aaron Bummer had pitched the bottom of the eighth inning. Andrew Vaughn hits a home run to tie the game, okay? Who would you think would pitch the bottom of the ninth inning for the Chicago White Sox? I would assume it would be Liam Hendricks. Right. Liam Hendricks, probably arguably the best closer in the game, he came into the game with the bases loaded and nobody out. He brought Aaron Bummer back. So what I'm thinking is 76-year-old Tony LaRusso, and believe me, I don't like to make fun of the aged because I'm rapidly becoming one of them. Uh, I don't think he even thought through that there was a possibility that they could tie the game or win the game, you know, go or go ahead. So he's stuck when Andrew Vaughn hits the home run, somebody walks over and says, Hey, we should warm up Hendricks. And he goes, Hey, that's a good idea. I mean, I can't imagine how you would use an, a poor, how much more poorly you could use an asset by like Liam Hendricks than to bring him in the, into the game with no outs and the bases loaded and Aaron Judge at the play. Not ideal. That's not an ideal circumstance. No, and, of course, he walked Aaron Judge. Yeah. Uh, and they lost the game. Well. I mean, but, Jesus, whiz, this, this has got to be, without a doubt, I think it's going to be turn into one of the biggest disasters of uh, modern I mean, sports. It, it, it already, to some extent, is. You know what I mean? Like, it's... it's it, I, I'm not, and I don't, I don't, I, I'm sort of in the same place that you are. I don't want to mock someone just because of their age, right? And no. and, and, and And I'm sure, I haven't had a chance to watch Mike last night yet, but I'm sure, I don't know if you guys talked about it, he was he was very defensive of Tony La Russa with us. I, yeah, and, and, he kind of chuckled when I told him that, that story, because that story hadn't happened when you had him on. Yeah. Um, so he was, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I, 
I feel bad for White Sox fans, right? And I I feel bad for the general manager and that's there. The, that's Tom. the that's the part that that like to me is the most infuriating part about all of this is that why is Jerry Reinsdorf the one making these decisions? Yeah. Why? Well, because, he, because he regrets having made the mistake of firing Tony Larusa based on Ken Harrelson talking him into that in nineteen. That doesn't seem like a good way to do business. I don't, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not the yeah. owner of a Major League Baseball team and an NBA team and all that, but that does, does not seem like a smart way to go about making my decisions. All, all right. right, all right, Stan the fan. Um, of course, I really appreciate appreciate you guys reaching out to. Yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to the day that uh, that you will be back in studio with us. I am looking not, forward to that. Not long, not long. And not long. if if you haven't yet, we uh, Stan actually wrote about the Trey Mancini situation in the most recent print issue of Press Box, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. You can go pick that up. Stan, love you, bud. We'll talk to you real soon. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Keep. Uh, thank you, Stan. Stan the Fan Charles, Chief Grand Poobah here at PressBox. Always appreciate him taking the time for us. And again, you can get to your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox right now to pick up the new print issue of PressBox with John Means on the cover. It is available for you right now. Whew. Uh, bottom of the hour here in hour number two. I've got to finish this I want to get to. I might see if uh, our buddy Paul Valley wants to check in for a minute. He's been going back and forth with me since last night. And, I, you know, I love Paul. And I think he's spending some time with us uh, next week while you're gone. So um, Just one day, apparently. I think Zach's doing the rest of the day. Really? Yeah. Is he too important? Apparently. Man. We're get, not on Monday, right? We're time. doing a show off. We are off. We are off on Monday. I, I wish I had thought about that. <laughs> oh yeah, sooner. I would have like just. Oh, you would have just bailed. I was for... allotting for like doing the show on Monday, and then. No, we're definitely not doing the show on Monday. That's uh, we've never done that before. Well, never you will. know what? Oh well. Yeah, we don't do uh, Memorial Day. We don't do Labor Day. We don't do. Uh, Boxing Day. Christmas. We don't do Thanksgiving, and we've gotten out of the business of doing the day after Thanksgiving in recent years. That's okay because that's Ravens. because I have kids. That's that's the specific reason. If I didn't have kids, well, we have kids. no, <laughs> no, that's not the case. Unless <laughs> unless you know something, <laughs> um, I've gotten out of that business a long time ago. No, there will be no show on Monday, but we will be on Tuesday to Friday next week. Um, and then I got some uh, vacation time coming up this summer, too. I'm going to be making a couple of trips myself. So it's going to be a, a scattered summer, if you will, now that we get back to a little bit of normalcy. I'm spending a week at the beach, and then I am trying to take my kids to see my grandfather. We know that the time is running short, and so um, it's remarkable. I'm a 37-year-old man who still has a living grandfather, which is kind of amazing. Um, and so we're going to try to take the kids down to see him. Uh, this summer as well as he lives down in rural Georgia. So, uh, believe it or not, I like I can't even do the show via remote. It is uh, there is no internet hmm. in this location. Not an option for me. It was actually the emergency. I was like, you know, I guess I could just take the now that we got the remote equipment, I could just take the show down and I could or take that down and I could uh, literally just Skype in to do the show from there. And then I was reminded, no, you cannot. There's no internet. None. So, none. No. Go, I mean, with, it's, go to the Bucks. It's if you think where I live is the middle of nowhere, this is there's no town for thirty minutes, and the town like it's not even the town w- near me. Like the closest town is like a a convenience store and and that's and a post office, that's and it's about classy. thirty minutes away. It's the way it goes. Um, so that's all still to come on today's program. Called a general store at that point. No, they're not called it. That was a general store. Was a 
It's still it's a convenience store. It's, it's a general store at that time. Well, it, well but it's maybe the only at the store time. for miles. Yes, I understand that. I bet but it now, was once a general no, store, and it's still it, a general. No, store. it's not. It's a branded convenience Ugh. store. It's a. Don't it's go. not. It's not one of the big ones. It's not one of the big dogs. You know, Mart. We're we're Royal Farms men around here. I think this is like a. I want to say it's the like a. Shop like and a, go, like a Circle J, if you will. I think uh, it's one of those one situations. Of those, like a few done. of those in high school, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess I didn't think about what I was saying as I said that. Jesus. I was just trying to not give any advertising to somebody, and then I managed to do that in the process. That was great work on my part. Hey, today's show. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to be a part of this. I don't think that's the case whatsoever. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. We'll come back in and do whatever. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip the Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage call c3 american exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible don't let the insurance industry get one over on you c3 guarantees a 48 hour rapid response call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms 
but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenn Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. There's a lot going on this morning in my life. I, I, uh, I, I love my uh, in-laws a great deal. They, they want to go to the uh, big Willie Nelson show at Merriweather because it's not just, it's not just Willie Nelson. It's I want to go too. I'll make that very clear. It's Sturgill Simpson and Nathaniel Rateliff. I mean, it could not be a more loaded show that's coming to Merriweather this September, which, of course, guarantees I'm going to end up having a game the same night. There's just no doubt that there's a show this good that's coming, and I'm going to end up having a game the same night. It's going to happen that way because I have horrendous luck. Um, and so I I forgot, and during one of our breaks, I managed to go and, and get tickets, and all's good. And then as soon as I got the tickets, they messaged me back like, oh, we needed one more. At least there aren't, like, service fees. Well, that's, that's different. That's, that's their problem. I'm not, their, their tickets can be on me. I'm happy to purchase their tickets. This is my father-in-law and his wife. And I love them a great deal, and I'm happy to buy tickets for them. And, in fact, they, they won't let me. Like, I'll say I'll pay for them. And my father-in-law, I bought a round of drinks the other day when we went to the brewery, mm-hmm. and I thought there was going to be a bit of a meltdown. Mm-hmm. My father-in-law was not happy with the fact that i sees like i already have a tab i'm like that's fine you can pay your tab i'm buying this round of the beers that's the way it's going in my case the seltzer water because uh, if i'm going to drink i don't you're a I, woman. I don't drink much but on this day is it a seltzer vod it, no i don't i don't know what it we you know it was a, a just one of those one of those old yeah canned fellas. yeah no it was no it was a brewery it was one of the ones that they make it Oh, yeah, that was, they make good. It. it was quite tasty. Yeah, it was a, a raspberry. What was the alcohol percentage was, I don't know. They served it to me in a cup. I did not have a chance to find that answer. I'm disappointed. Um, it was a raspberry vanilla. It was quite tasty. Do without the vanilla. But I summer day. It, yeah. You say that. It was quite tasty. Um, so the moral of the story being. Drink all the alcohol. I've, I was, I've been distracted during our breaks because I've been dealing with the Willie Nelson ticket situation. Um and uh, it, Willie course, Nelson Glenn Sturgill is not allowed. You know because of previous Willie Nelson concerts. Yeah, there there have been incidents in the past. That's a good point. There have been incidents in the past, but thankfully, crisis averted. Mm-hmm. The the seat next to us was still available when I went back and checked. I heard that the guy actually sold it after he saw you bought right. it. Right, <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I no, take it back. Don't want it. <laughs> Don't want it." So that's what it is. All right, uh, today's show. Uh, give a give Paul a call. See if he wants to buzz. What are we rhyming now? No, I just give him a call. Come on, man. Just, what are you going to rhyme it with? Give no, Paul just a call. Give Paul a call and see if he Talk wants to ball. ball. Yeah, I hear you. See if he wants to come ball. Um, see if he wants to check in this morning. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com, where right now they've got the perfect Highlander for you, whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, and technologically advanced connectivity. 
or sporty performance and aggressive styling, check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. From Dave. Dave says, Glenn, I understand what you're saying, and I'm not telling you that I'm actually disappointed by anything. That doesn't mean that any of this has been fun either. I, Dave, I completely get that. I completely get that. I utterly understand it not being fun, but there's a difference between it not being fun and us being able to process that and realize it was never going to be fun versus it not being fun and suddenly there being some amount of panic. And and weirdly, I have seen an amount of panic that I was not expecting or prepared for. I just... I. I've been caught off guard by some of the responses to this. I just, I thought we understood this is the way this was going to go. Our buddy Paul Valley is the host of the Bat Around every Saturday morning right here at the same locations, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash radio. He and I have been talking. We've been going back and forth a little bit since last night, so I figured I'd just let him buzz in this morning and, and share his thoughts. Paul, good morning, pal. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right. So I, I get... I, I completely understand that this is not pleasant, and, and I know you are you are an ardent baseball guy, and no matter what's going on, you're going to be tuned in for every inning of every game, whereas some of us are a bit more passive, and we're able to separate ourselves and say, eh, I don't need to watch tonight. I know what's going on here. I can pass. I can come back and watch tomorrow night. Th- this does not require me being tuned in for every inning of every game, and I can separate the fact that, like, it ain't fun when you're watching every inning of every game, for it to be this bad. I just, I, it's hard for me to have a strong reaction to it because this is just what I, I, I there was never a world. The, the thing where they were like semi-competitive at the beginning of the season, that was weird to me. This, this is not weird to me. This is what I thought this roster was. Okay, so when I look at this team, yes, we expected them to lose. We didn't expect them to be very good. This is what a rebuild is. You're 100% correct in that. I mean, I think it's the most disappointing thing is that you seem to be having regressions that you didn't see coming. Uh, maybe you did, but Dean Kramer uh, not being able to find the strike zone and not being able to get anybody out, throwing 63 pitches in three innings, um, Bruce Zimmerman having such a good start to the year, and now he he seems to be – relatively ineffective. They bring up Zach Lowther, and he gets lit up. He goes down to Norfolk, and he gets lit up. Yep. And we're, we're in year three of this rebuild, so it's not like this is year five or year six, but when you look at it, it's the fifth straight losing season. And especially with you just mentioned how competitive they were at the beginning of the year, they have a fair amount of talent on the, on the roster. Now, granted, most of it is in the lineup, but it just seems like they should be playing better than they have been. It's it's just a frustrating thing to see because, like I said to you before uh, on Twitter a little bit earlier today, they have 13 winning seasons since 1983. This Orioles fan base is no, I get that right. It's 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 overwhelming. Right? Hey, man, that's that's the that's that's my lifetime. Right? <laughs> like I was born right. in '83, so I know what you're talking about. And I, I. I'm not trying to suggest that it's fun or that I enjoy it, but I, it is part to me of, hey, when, when, we, when we did this originally, everybody said they were on board, and I always say, are you really on board? Are you really understanding of what that means? Because it sucks. It is awful. It is no fun to go through something like this, and, and this is the reality of that. And, Paul, we, you and I talked before the year. This, to me, is an extension of what the, 
there's the first issue, which is this is the nature of how a rebuild works. To me, there's the secondary issue that you don't people don't want to talk about, which is this is what happens when the foundation for a rebuild crumbled immediately. Like that, what we're dealing with now is even the guys that are here three years later, I still don't think are the guys that are the solutions, with maybe a couple of exceptions, right? You know, I I think even though he's not been able to hit a right-hander all season, I still think Ryan Mountcastle could be part of the solution. But overwhelmingly, I don't think the players that are on the Major League roster are the guys that are solving this problem for you, and that's because the trades you made in 2018 didn't work out. They, they weren't good trades, and that's... That's what happens when you're forced to make trades and you're dealing from a bad position and your assets are already depreciating in guys like Manny Machado. They are behind the eight ball significantly in this process and lost a year of minor league baseball on top of that. And it's it's not fun. It's not exciting. It's not something we want to talk about, but it, it's the reality of the circumstance to me. Well, no, and you're, you're not wrong. The fact that the centerpiece that Manny Machado t- trade is just Neil Diaz, and he's yet to make it to the major leagues three years later. He seems to be on the injured list every other month. Uh, it certainly doesn't look like a great trade. And then Dean Kramer not pitching well at the big league level. Uh, maybe he needs a demotion. We really can't be too sure about that. So you're not wrong. These trades weren't exactly the best things to happen for the Orioles. I mean, you look at um, a guy like Cody Carroll and Josh Rogers that came over in that uh, Zach Britton trade, and they can't seem to get anybody out. So, uh, yeah, the, the trades were kind of more a force of the hand than anything else. Yep. It's just that when you get to year three, I think you expect to start to see some progression, some bit of, hey, we're starting to become more competitive, especially when you figure that Adley Rutschman will probably be here at some point next year. Grayson Rodriguez and Deal Hall will be here at some point, if not next year, then the year after. And those are the guys that are going to help the team win. Right. It's just right now you expect to see guys like Austin Hayes and Ryan Mountcastle uh, and to a certain extent, Anthony Santander um, help this team. And for the most part, Hayes and Santander are doing their part, but they, they can't do it alone. And that's where you get frustrated because it seems like they kind of have to. I mean, isn't this not year three, though, right? Like Stan brought up that this is Well, that's, that's what I just said, yes. I mean, when right. you deal with last year not having a minor league season, and, 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 and I, think, true. I think it's twofold, right? It's, it's not year three because of that. And then, you know, Paul, if, if those trades you had made – at the the end of the Duquette era, had had you know bear, bore some fruit, you those guys would be here, and and it might feel more like a year three, but there's just no fruit to those trades, so you're still working with the kind of bare cupboard that you had at that point. These the guys that are here are basically the guys that we thought they were the reason why we thought the cupboard was so bare at that point, and why the organization was in such a bad place. We're we're just not yet to the guys. We're still significantly far away from any international signing being a part of this. Like, True. I, you know, we, we are really still working with a bare minimum of what it is, which, as I keep saying, doesn't mean I'm telling you that it's fun or that it's good. I'm not, I'm not trying to paint a rosy picture for anyone. It's, it's, it's a bleak picture. I get it. But it's just, to me, an expected bleak picture. Like, this is what it was going to be. And, and the pragmatic side of me is we had to know – this was going to be the case, and, and I can't overreact too much. Would it be neat if Dean Kramer turned out to be a major league pitcher? Yeah, it would be, it would be awesome. But I'm not – my eggs were not in the Dean Kramer basket for whether this, this whole process was going to work. It would be problematic, as you allude to. If in two years it doesn't work for Grayson Rodriguez or D.L. Hall, we got a different problem. You know, like that – then it's 
this is panic and this entire thing does not work, right? Like, this is a bigger issue then. But Dean Kramer not working to me is, it's a, it's a bummer because it would have been neat if he did. And I hope that he still does, right? Like, I hope that he still figures it out. But it's not going to change whether or not this process as a whole works based on what Dean Kramer does. Well, right. And I don't think that anybody's upset with, say, a loss like Sunday, where you battle the entire game, you lose a game 6-5. to five. You know, even if you do have that big first inning lead, you still have the rest of the game to play. I don't think anybody's upset about losses like that. And we do expect the team to lose more than they win. I think it's the, the ire comes from these games where you should win. You need to win the games that you're supposed to win. A game like last night where DJ Stewart hits that mammoth home run and he gives your team the lead and gives all the momentum to your side, you should be able to trust that a guy like Tanner Scott, who was one of the best relievers in baseball last year, can come into that game and get three outs and get you to the ninth inning. You should be able to trust that that's going to happen. What happened last night, rebuilding or not, is a completely unacceptable uh, occurrence. And maybe that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, but I just, you have to be able to get three outs against a bad baseball team. And the Twins right now, maybe they'll turn it around, and maybe that was the first game of them turning it around. But right now, they have the second worst record in baseball behind the Orioles. If you have, even if you are the Orioles, you should be able to close that game out last night. And that's where the frustration comes in. We don't see a lot of wins. So the games that, we sh- that the Orioles should win, they need to win. <sighs> Man, I, it, that's that's Paul Valley's with the Syringlin Clark Radio. That's tough for me too, Paul, because that gets back to the conversation Kyle and I were having at the beginning of the show, which is, it, 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 is it better or worse if the Orioles win that game last night? Ultimately, right? Like, I, and it I doesn't don't, matter. You're, you're, and, your whole point, it, it doesn't matter. You're absolutely right. And and that and that's what I come back to. So if it doesn't matter, then tangibly isn't the answer that it's it's actually better if they lose, right? Because you know we talk about the draft pick situation. I. I, and again, this is why I admit I am capable of being more detached from emotion when it comes to this than the average person is. I am at a different place in my life where I'm just not as invested emotionally. Not to say I'm not invested at all. I'm just not as the, the, the individual results of games don't affect me the way that they did it at some point in my life. But I, I am it's easier for me to be at a place where I say, you know, if 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 Ryan Mountcastle starts hitting and Cedric Mullins continues to be a pleasant thing and John Means continues to be a pleasant thing and the Orioles just don't win baseball games, I, I don't know. That almost comes off as kind of an ideal scenario for me as the season goes on, right? Like that the guys that I like and that are, are either good guys or someone that I think could be a part of this thing long term, um, you know, play well or could help you out as a trade asset, play well, but yet you just lose games anyway. And, yeah, Tanner Scott's frustrating. I'll give you that. That's a frustrating one because you'd like to think that he could have been an asset for you, and he's just not. He's been dreadful. I understand that. But with that exception, I don't know. I, I, I can't get all that worked up about what I've seen because, for the most part, it's the pitchers that we knew were bad have been bad. And otherwise, they've, the team's largely been about what you expected it to be. Yeah, well, the, uh, baseball has a tendency to bring things back to the mean. Yeah, and that's kind of yep. you saw you saw it with the Royals. They started the season sixteen and seven. Uh, they were sixteen and nine on May first, and they lost eleven straight. You know what I mean? It, it's it, baseball brings you back to the mean, and that's kind of what's happening with the Orioles. They were never going to be a team that was going to hover around five hundred all year, and we kind of started. To, some of us started to kind of buy in at the beginning of the year when they were playing competitive baseball. They go out to the West Coast. They win four or six against two teams that at that point were in playoff contention. Uh, it's early to say that, but they were 
they had winning records, and they go out to win four, six. John Means throws a no hitter. You come back a game under five hundred. You're feeling good, and then this complete downward spiral happens, and it's frustrating. And then for a guy like me, who last night I'm working a job where I have to listen to every second of that entire game, and I have to log that entire game. It gets uh, it gets frustrating to, to listen to that game and then not be able to turn it off in the eighth inning when they're giving up hit after hit after hit after hit, and so that just kind of you know, yeah, snowballs right. into a maddening it's, occurrence. I'm not trying to suggest to you that I think it should be fun. I really am not, Paul. I'm, I, I'm right. not trying no, to sell no, no, anyone. No. This should and be I a fun that. experience. And, and right. Glenn, 100%, you're absolutely correct. Them winning or losing that game last night does not matter because it doesn't matter for this year because right. they're not going to go anywhere. Right. And ideally, you have all these guys have these big years, but they end up losing get a get a top draft pick. And that's, you know, what you're kind of hoping for at this point. It's just, man... You're so tired of watching losing baseball. You're just waiting. For, you're hoping to it. rebuild I get comes it. to fruition sooner than later, and that's where most fans are. It's hard to detach yourself. And you know, kudos to you for being able to do it. A lot of people can't. Uh, 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 having having kids changed me a lot in that way, Paul. I'll admit that is <laughs> yeah. something that I probably, if I was not a father, it probably would still, it would be different. There's no question about that. Uh, it's at Paul Valley the Third, which is uh, Paul then Valley V A L L E and then I I I. That's how you follow him on Twitter. And uh, of course, Saturday morning the bat around with you and Zach, and then uh, you and I are going to be hanging out one day next week. I'm told, so we'll have an opportunity to talk more about this, and I'll look forward to that. Paul, appreciate Absolutely. you, bud. Look forward to it. Yep, thanks, thanks for doing man. this, thanks man. Thanks for calling. Absolutely. Paul Valley checking in with us, host of the bat around right here as part of uh, our programming at Press Box, and I get it. I get it. Again, if you have to be, if 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 you either have to be or you're inclined to watch every inning of every game, it's going to affect you in a different way than those of us that can look and say, "I'll watch something else right now." Yeah, I got something else I can do in the moment. I can poke over at the basketball game and see how Jeremy's going to lose me some money tonight. You know, like I can. I it, tonight I'll watch basketball. I mean, it's not like I won't watch any of the Orioles. I'll watch the Orioles for a little bit, Who's and then tonight, Harvey. Uh, or no, it's. No, it's uh, wait, it's um, I do know the answer to that question. It's Kramer. It's Kramer tonight. Yes. Who knows? Maybe this is gonna be the one where he turns it all around. Uh, probably not. Hey, I need you to hit publish on Tubular. For some reason, it didn't publish earlier, and you're the editor currently. I don't know if you posted it or not, but I need you to hit publish. Okey-dokey. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's Dean Kramer who's pitching tonight. Um, I- I'll look at it for a little while, and then if at some point. It's not worth and frankly, I looked at more of it last night than I expected to look at. Mm-hmm. I I came back. I I I walked away for a little while. I watched some basketball and then I said, "Let me check in on how the Orioles are doing." And I ended up sticking with the Orioles for a while. And then the rain delay happened and you know, I wandered back over to basketball and then mm-hmm. out of the rain delay, I missed DJ Stewart's home run because I did not realize the game was back yet, but I came back. Hey, the Orioles are ahead. We'll see what happens. I didn't like what happened, and then I gave up on it again. I'll poke at it, but at some point, if it's not worth poking at any longer, I'll poke elsewhere. I'm just at that place where I'm not going to spend more time than necessary. You just got to poke something. Correct. I'm just, I'm a man. That's why I got on Facebook is all those pokes, and they've all gone away over the years. I don't know. Can you still do it? I think think you can. can. I just don't think people do because it's weird. No. I'll watch the the Suns tonight, obviously, but that's not until later. That's a 10 o'clock game. You think you're going to be scorched earth LeBron? Maybe I don't know. I just don't think the Lakers are that. I tried saying this for a long. I don't think the Lakers are that good. Well, if LeBron and Anthony Davis were healthy, then they're. I don't know. They were healthy. They were. No, they're not. I mean, LeBron's not he, right now. I mean, he's. That's fine. He's playing. I don't know that that's going to change. 
Like, I I just sort of think they kind of are what they are at this point, which, again, doesn't mean they won't figure out a way to win the series. I'm not telling you the Suns are definitely winning the series. I just, this notion that the Lakers were this, you know, as long as they've got LeBron and Anthony Davis, they're unbeatable. I don't, I didn't necessarily, I don't know in a normal year that they were un, that they were unbeatable a year ago. I just don't think it's that simple. I think other teams have good combinations of players and are capable of beating the Lakers. The, the Warriors might have beat him in the playoff if it had not been for a magical shot that LeBron James threw up at the end of a shot clock that happened to go in. I don't think they're an unbeatable team. It's, I, don't, I think trying to oversimplify it and say, well, they're only the seven seed because LeBron didn't play for so long is not actual truthfulness. I don't think that they'd be... They'd be the seven seed if LeBron James had been healthy all season, but I don't know that they. I don't. I know they wouldn't be the one seed. They would not have won as many games as Utah did this season, but I. I don't know that they would have been the two seed had they had a healthy LeBron James all season. Like yeah, they're all good though. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's like we know. We don't talk about how good LeBron James is, right? I mean, I get it, but I. He made. Worst teams. I understand that. One that. seed in Cleveland. I, right? like, I, I understand. understand different the East, than he was yes, then, also. And, 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 and but still, whole, there's, you a, get whole, what I'm there's a whole thing. All right. Uh, finish this. This today's finish. This is no. Brought, no, you're going to. Well, you're going to try to anyway. Today's finish. This is brought to you by Window Nation. Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. They have an amazing offer for you right now. Fifty percent off all styles of windows. Fifty percent off plus. No money down, no payments, and no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. This comes to us from the Press of Atlantic City, which I, I assume is a newspaper. I don't know that. New Jersey man blanks significant blank by blanking his blank. New Jersey man commits significant crime by unleashing his dragon. Mm. Well, that that's that's a Cisco thing, and he's not a New Jersey man. He's of course a I didn't Baltimore say it's man. A Cisco. I, said it's a I New understand, man. but if you're saying unleash the dragon, you I didn't are, say the. I said his. Okay, fair. All right, I'll give you a little bit there, but I'm gonna guess that the dragon. All right, you know what? We're going to leave it alone. You know what? It's a good. Well, I don't know if you know this, but Cisco and I are close personal friends. So I do kind of know what it is. Uh, No, zero for four. New Jersey man earns significant award by erasing his memory. Ah, I mean, well, I don't know. Why would that get you an award, though? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, and that seems like an odd thing to be rewarded for. Uh, no, give me a number one to four. No. Okay. Uh, New Jersey man defeats significant foe by eating his dinner. <laughs> It, well, which di- eating his, his own dinner or his foe's the dinner? dinner. Okay. All right. That's all it took. That's weird. New Jersey man really understands weird. significant problem by pretending his intelligence. Um, no, no, we're just no. Give me a number one to four. No, New Jersey. Give me a number one to four. Indicates significant issue yeah. by dropping his pants. Give me a number one to four for this God's sake. This is an sakes. easy one. I give me like a number one, one to f- just give me a number one to one four. One more go at it. New Jersey man drops significant hint. Uh, by the way, I think you actually might have said one of the words one time. I'm just so numb to it that I'm I'm not sure. Well, thanks. Yeah. Did you say makes at any point? Nope. 
Oh, okay. Which I thought I thought I, then you got it. And then you gave me a number one to four. It That's was one. the the blank is yeah, makes. Yeah, and you'd understand if you knew what the other one was. So that's what it is. Interesting man makes significant pizza. Ah, by kneading his dough. No. New Jersey man makes significant mistake no. by misplacing his cerebellum. I thought this was going to immediately give you number two. I was wrong about that. New Jersey man makes significant sex. <laughs> okay, you're not even trying now. By um, downloading, no, by lowering his standards. <laughs> you know what? Uh, that that was that you know what let's just call it let's just call it that was that was the one nah <laughs> it's the one sometimes you remember why we do this segment sometimes we get it um give me number one to three <laughs> um I want I want one <laughs> it's a, you call a number you're like, I heard for only $100 you can help me have the best sex of my life. They're like, I can. Lower your standards. <laughs> Wait, what? That's it? Yep. It's as simple it was the as best. that. I just said it was significant sex. Significant sex. Yeah. That's a good point. Now, significant. I, now, I actually have more questions here. Significant by what standard? What happened? It ha- <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> Give me a number one to three. Um, didn't I already give you one? Uh, sure. Uh, money was the answer. Okay. That's, I can't believe you didn't come up with that. Uh, sex made more sense. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, significant money by... Um, mm-hmm. By... Unleashing his dragon didn't work No, yet? it wasn't unleashing his dragon. I would have thought. Yeah. Or the dragon, for what it's worth. Either well, one. Yeah, here yeah. Um, By... Um, escaping... His mm-hmm. employer. Ah, that's. I don't that's, know how it works, but yeah, I don't really understand that you at tell all. Me. But yeah, I'm willing to listen. Nope. Um, One more, and then we'll call it. Eating his milkshake by drinking. I drink your milkshake. Eating his weight in gold. That that's you added more words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly what happened there, but that's not what it is. No, this New Jersey man makes significant money by selling his poop. Dateline Brigantine, New Jersey at 71. Herbie Allen got one of the most unusual. What's that? That tracks. That's the guy who's selling it. Herbie Allen. Yeah, that sounds like a man that would sell some poop. (laughs) Herbie Allen got one of the most unusual compliments of his life when a healthcare worker told him he has, quote, perfect Poop. Is it the bio, is it the gut, the, the microbes, and all that stuff? I believe so, yes. Uh, quote, I love saying that, unquote, Alan said of his healthy digestive microbiome, uh, which is so hearty and helpful to those with gastrointestinal problems, he could sell it on a regular basis, he said. Besides being perfect, Alan's poop also could be lucrative. I found out I could make 13000 to $15,000 a year for my I thought poop. he was going to say a poop, and I was no, yeah, be... that would be right. Uh, he said about forty dollars a day. How does that math work? Wait, forty dollars times three hundred sixty. So is he? I guess he's selling all of his poop, so he poops multiple times a day. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. So then, like, no, but he said still said forty dollars a day, not forty dollars a poop. I don't think that math works. Is forty? What's forty? What's his system? 
What do you mean? What's this system? For getting it. For getting the poop. For trapping it. Oh, I, I don't know. People, uh, Jeremy. Oh, it is thirty three hundred sixty five times forty is fourteen thousand um, uh, dollars. Jeremy said he had to poop in a box once. In order so to then, like, so I'm imagining a scenario where, like, he's on the road, road trip, right, with the family. Yeah. Well, like, he's 71, Kyle. They've I don't know. Got to pull off. Yeah. And he's got to poop. Right. But they didn't have the bag. His wife didn't bring the bag that he used well, to then, try and then retrieve. He, it. Then and he's then like, he, honey, we're throwing money away. Yeah, correct, right? I'm not right. just pooping in a toilet <laughs> like, like an I'm animal. Poop yeah. for free? <laughs> what is this? No. Correct. I get paid to poop. That's the way that it works here. No doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I, I, God bless him. Good for him, and, and he's helping people out in the process. So what I don't, what I don't get is how do you do? Uh, here's how do you Alan. It? Alan found out about this unusual attribute when his wife Patty went through repeated antibiotic treatments that wiped out the bacteria in her colon, causing such digestive distress she, she was hospitalized three times. She needed a fecal transplant to help her recover, and Patty suggested they test Herbie as a donor. Many people don't know about fecal transplants, Alan said, but they should. And they should, yeah, of course they should. It's big business for you. Yeah, well, I don't yeah, know. Right? How does this He's knocking door to door. Let me tell you guys about fecal you transplants. Surgery? What do you mean? To put poop in you? I guess. I don't, it's not my area. This is, it's, these are part of the question. If it's going to make, if it's going to make me feel better, I'm willing to try just about anything. <laughs> if it would get, slope, for what it's worth, <laughs> if, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Not just about everything. I'm going to go the old circle J, if you will. <laughs> um, like if if I could get rid of my allergies with a poop transplant, yeah, give me your poop, man. You know what I mean? Like I'll poop your poop. I'm willing to do that. I, I just have a hard. It time. gets rid of my allergies. I just don't understand the. I don't understand any of it. Well, I don't really understand any of it either. I don't. How really does the know. surgery work? There are, uh, later on in this, there are not as many stool banks as needed to use the procedure more liberally. It is uh, even difficult to get the specialized. A lot of conservatives done. are doing it mostly. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. the way it goes. No, it sounds like we need more poop donors. Sounds like maybe. Well, no, we need this guy to poop more. Is what we need. Or we need. need or we need more poop. people with perfect poop. Exactly right. We need to find out. You need to go get your poop tested. How do you tested. know if you have perfect poop? I don't think you can know. I think you have to go show up somewhere and ask. Do I have perfect poop? So, like the library, for example, like yeah. you go in really and you say, anywhere. "Hey, like hey, right, yeah, correct." <laughs> <laughs> That's poopy. <laughs> <laughs> I am your manager, B. <laughs> well, because why would we do this? Because f them. That's yeah, why. Oh, pop copy's great. Um, I don't know. I feel like I should go uh, ask somebody random on the street. Like I would walk. I think you should walk around with your poop on the street. And Similarly, say, a slippery do you slope. do you think I have perfect poop? I think you'll get arrested. Why? What's illegal about that? Walking around with your poop. <laughs> I think you talk to people. <laughs> you think you'd be the only guy in town to be walking. Striking around? up the conversations is where you have a problem. If you're just doing it and you're walking down the street holding your poop. People are going to give but you a weird what, look. I don't understand. What is the law against asking someone disturbing about Disturbing the poop? peace. How is that disturbing the peace? Exactly? Isn't it? Is it? Isn't it? I'm asking. If you're just holding poop in your hands and talking to is people. Is that disturbing the peace? I wouldn't feel very peaceful. You're al- are you allowed to approach strangers on the street? Is that disturbing the peace? Depends. Is it ludicrous? He's <laughs> uh, always disturbing <laughs> the peace, though. DTP. Yeah, the, the, but it's T-H-A in that circumstance. Yeah, yeah. It's not a T-H-E situation. Well, the police have adopted that, I think. Is that the way it goes yeah, now? That's that's, that's what they actually charge you with, is disturbing yeah. the peace. Yeah. <laughs> and they actually say that, too. They're like, move, yeah. bitch. Get out the way. All right, uh, so we've covered that part of the program. We got that all figured and out. Significant Perfect sex. Perfect poop and significant sex. 
Uh, let's wind down. Tidbit brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. So, baseball, you know, not great for the Orioles. Not they don't ideal. like to see them, if you're rooting for them to win every game, to pull that out of their butts and lose, but that's what happened. Well, you know, it might, you might pull out of your butts. Perfect poop. poop. The Orioles have one starter with an ERA underneath 5.9. That's not great. But he's pretty good. Yeah. John Means. So we like that he's still pitching well. Hopefully he can continue and even maybe lower his ERA again, as that would be neat. It's still pretty damn Kinda good. Kind of remarkable, though. yes. Of course, the Orioles, uh, they are not one of the four teams that started this week with winning streaks. They had lost quite a few games. But there were four teams that started this week with a winning streak, which is actually the first time that four teams had a winning streak of six or more games since 2004, when the Orioles were actually one of those four teams. 2004 Orioles won six in a row in September of 2004, along with the Astros, Cardinals, and Marlins. However, you know, not this year. The Rays, Padres, Dodgers, and Yankees are the teams that rode winning streaks into this Okay. Padres, well, they're aided by Fernando Tatis. They lost last night, which is a bummer. Fernando Tatis hit a homer the game prior to yesterday, which gave him 400 career total bases in just 173 career games. That's pretty good. Since 1935, only two players have reached base 400 total bases bases in fewer games since 19 when 35 so essentially who had the best ever start to their major league career is what we're asking sure mike trout no he actually struggled his first taste i don't remember that it was a short like 20 some game sample size but he hit some like 240 uh is this like one se- how many how many did you say it was 173 games uh-huh. so basically one season um, Ichiro. Hey, he was all singles. Yeah, not Ichiro. Uh, I'll say one very old player, yeah. one more recent player. One very old player, one more recent player. Um, Bryce Harper. Not Bryce Harper. How about Jackie Robinson? It's not Jackie Robinson. Um, how about Albert Pujols? It is not the machine. How about how about um? Man, I really don't know. I you, I mean, like I'm I'm all over the place here. One's an all-time great. Frank Robinson. No. Willie Mays. Older. Babe Ruth. No. Lou Gehrig. No. Mickey Mantle. You're in the right area. Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. All right. Is one of the two. Just keep naming Yankees. One in, <laughs> you'll get one of them. Uh, and the other is a current player? No. I don't know if he's officially retired, but he is not on the team. He may be officially retired for all I know. Doesn't help me. Doesn't help me. Don't know if he's officially retired, but he's not currently on a team. I'll double check to make sure and see if he's officially Eek. announced his retirement. Eek. So it means he's played in recent years. As recent as the past two or three. As 
recent as the past two or three. Carlos Beltran. Oh, he played last year, apparently. Played last year. It is not Beltran. He played last year. Nick Marcakis? Not Marcakis. I would have known about that. I mean, sure. I I hear you. Actually, if you made you, I, oh yeah, we did. He did officially announce his retirement. I do remember that now. Just casually. Um, man, I don't know. Who else? Who else played last year and hasn't played this year? Hunter Pence? No. I don't know. I really don't know. He is a member of the tribe. Oh, yeah, I'm going to feel stupid when you tell me. And I think you know which I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, no, I know which tribe you're talking about. Yeah. Trust me, it's not the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not Sandy Kovac. Yeah, thank you. It's not Sean Green either. It's been a few <laughs> years for Sean. It's not uh it's not um Dean Kramer either. No. Why can I not think of why can I not think of a, sig- a significant Jewish player that played last season that's not playing this year? Yeah. It's just not coming to me. I know I'll feel stupid. I know I will. Give up? Hang on. I don't want to I don't just want to give up cuz I'm yeah, I give up. Ryan Braun. I didn't know Ryan Braun wasn't playing this year. i got to be completely honest with you. I it had no idea that Ryan Braun was not playing this not year. currently rostered. Really? Yes. Ryan Braun isn't – he's a free agent? Holy – I genuinely did not know that. I had no idea that Ryan Braun was not on a major league roster this season. I just would have assumed he was hanging out with the Brewers still. I would have made that assumption. Well, I learned something today, so we got that going for us, which is nice. All right, Tidbit was also brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia and Tucker Fest coming up June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. It's going to be an amazing day, a free family fun event all day long, cornhole tournament, dunk tank with Jeremy Kahn being a part of it, live broadcast, live music with Joey Harkham, Dave Teef, and more. And, yeah, the kicker's going to be there. Here's the kicker, the kicker. Justin Tucker will be there in attendance. Pictures, autographs. They're 50 bucks, but the money's going to benefit the Brigance Brigade. So on top of everything else, you're helping out a great charity. It's going to be an amazing day. Tucker Fest in partnership with Great Eights Memorabilia. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. And while you're at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com, which is the number 8 and the letter S, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com, you can find out more about their private signings and all sorts of other things they have going on. Quickly, uh, there's some more responses that came in today from Lou. I still think the pitching overall has been worse than I expected. I just don't know how you could have expected. How? How could it be worse than you expected? I just don't get that. I was hoping Kramer would be something. I was hoping Aiken might have been something, you know? Hoping is one thing. Yeah. Expected is the part that I'm talking about. Let's put it this way. I might have expected Aiken to be in the rotation. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Uh, Senator Reedy checked in. Uh, he said, a rebuild in baseball stinks at the start, but it really is the only hope of long-term growth and success for a mid-market team that can't go by success, and that model doesn't really work anymore anyway. You're right. I bet it is tough to watch every inning of every game. Yeah, I, I think it is. 
And from Vince, as a 26-year-old Oriole fan, I think uh, I think all I know is a total rebuild. I get it. I get what he's saying. I'm, that's not true, Vince. You, you got to experience the good times, Yeah, what are you yeah. talking about? You were 20, a, 29-year-old. Uh, kinda, I was, uh, yeah, it kind of lined up almost perfectly for feeling you. Feeling a little bit more, probably. Uh, I'm for it. I've got time. We have guys in place to look like a solid team in the years to come. All right. Um, Tubula is brought to you today by KNS Automotive right here in Hamden. For over 40 years, KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. That's everything from oil changes to major body work. Call KNS now, 410 235 6660. Go to knsimports.com. That's KNS Automotive, knsimports.com. Oh, I do tubular. Yeah, I was kind right, of wondering for a second. If you want me to. I there guess. was some dead air. I was like, is this? Yeah, no, I was the tidbit you do, but I do yeah, yeah, tubular. Yeah. That's the way that I mean, works. I do too, but normally no, you No, but I start it, off, it right? That's typically the way that it works. That's on me. I'll, I'll give you that. It's on me. Uh, it doesn't fix what happened at the t- start of today's no, show. No, 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 no. This one, this one I'll, I'll take responsibility for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orioles Twins again tonight, 740 on Masson 2. Dean Kramer and Jose Berrios. Masson's got Reds Nationals at 7. FS1 for Dodgers Astros at 8. MLB Network, Rangers Angels at 930. Apparently the Angels have a pro- – Joe Adele's hit like – a billion home runs, and they still yeah, haven't called him in the up minors. Yet. He's also struck out every third play. Oh, appearance. well, that doesn't. Okay, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe that <laughs> has something to do with it. Uh, the Washington Mystics take on the Indiana Fever tonight at seven on Monumental Network, CBS Sports Network for the Atlanta Dream and Chicago Sky at eight, Connecticut Sun, Seattle Storm at ten. TNT, Celtics, Nets, Game 2 at 7.30. Lakers, Suns, Game 2 at 10. NBA TV, Mavs, Clippers, Game 2 at 10.30. NBCSN for Leafs, Canadiens, Game 4 at 7.30. CNBC for Predators, Hurricanes, Game 5 at 8. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8 as well. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, the ABC Mike Tyson documentary is tonight it's, at yeah, 8 o'clock. And it's, it's sort of about like up until he gets knocked out by Buster Douglas, I think. I think that's sort of the time span we're talking about here. It's early life, uh, okay. growing up, right. poor, and you know the, the, the crimes and whatnot. And but um, I will almost certainly t- watch it. I will record it if I don't watch it tonight. No, I won't watch it live. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's at eight on ABC. On uh, other things, uh, Brian Gumble, Real Sports, ten o'clock, HBO, Chopped, nine o'clock, Food Network. This is us, nine o'clock, NBC. You're a big fan. Mm, I'm not. You are. No. Uh, you are. Uh, stuff and things, glennclarkradio.com. Check it all out. Chad, of course, the finale. I, I do. En- yeah, I know. That's a bummer. Instant that is word. a bummer. But, uh, yeah, I do enjoy Chad. All right, Tubular, also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible, 410-401-9797, or c3america.com for your free analysis. Thanks today to DJ Shockley. That was great. Um, not that I, you know, a lot of us need to be convinced, but boy, there was a lot of, of hard sell in there for why this makes so much sense for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, also, thanks to Stan the Fan and Paul Valley. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Patrick, Drew, stuff, this is not, things. This is not a great, this is not a great sign. Friends, this frolic. This is not a great sign. Well, I would like friends or frolic. I would settle for either of those. Or? Well, I, well, I guess we got. Frolic. I guess we got friends. I would like some frolic. All right. I would like. Let's just I would like, like there to be a bit like you need streamers and right and some glitter really. Yeah, sure. On any of those things. Um, yeah. Stuff and things. Irons and fires. Okay. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including 
Oh, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks, Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.